Welcome to Wizard Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi, everyone. It's Robin and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we're reading Legend Born by Tracy Dion, and today we're discussing chapters 45 through 47. Bayana is not here today, but we out here. We out here with Delia. Delia, please introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. What you got? What you got going on? Hey, it's your, it's your, a menace. I'm, I'm bringing menace energy to, <laughs> to this here episode in particular. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Y'all probably know me, but if you don't, my name is Delia. She, her pronouns. I am you know, I'm not, it's not my first time, first time around these parts guesting, but I'm also a podcaster. I host the podcast Culture by Culture, which is part of the BNC Collective, where we take a multi-dimensional exploration into Black and Asian pop cultural ties. There has also been an episode with Wizard Team members. I don't know if it's out yet by the time this is, this is airing, but uh, Synergy, we love it. <laughs> I always do these things, and then I'm like, this is a podcast. People can't see that shit. Um, <laughs> before we get to previously on Wizard Team, two things. One, super excited Dahlia's here. Uh, we apologize in advance because uh, when we figured out that we were doing these chapters, Dahlia was like, or when we figured out, when we, when we were talking about doing Legendborn, Dahlia was like, um, I, I need to put down a reservation. I sure <laughs> did. I will be attending um when we get to this part and then it and then we found out later that Bayana wasn't gonna be able to join us and so there is I guess Portia it's up to you to be our like level-headed level-headed <laughs> logical brain it's champion me so that's that's all on you for Champions, romance yeah. just, just in general be level-headed this episode because it's general. not it's not me for sure just in general but definitely for when we get to the parts with Fel because you, you know I'm, I'm not I don't swoon for romance unless they actually get me and they get yeah me. I know that's why that's why it's so all fine. on you I'm you fine. guys also know I am cell I am Selwyn trash I am Selwyn coated in my bones and I don't even watch anime um and then you know Delia loves a romantic angsty <laughs> heart like give it to her so See, all I have to say, uh, apologies for the few. Alas, alack. <laughs> Earwax. Right. Okay. So, again, before we get into last previously on Mother Team, I just want to acknowledge the fact that Tracy was playing in our faces on Instagram and social media. And, and the swooners' faces in particular. Playing. Okay. In our face said take it deal yeah um we got a really exciting announcement um the next book in the legendborn cycle will be oathbound we have a title y'all the title is oathbound and it's book three three it's coming out early 2025 which is rude but we'll take it there's a date um I mean, technically, we're supposed to get Amari next year, so I feel like we'll, we'll be, be right. like hopscotching. We'll be like, "Yay, 
here we are <laughs> pacing ourselves. We'll have Amari to excite us next year and then Legend War to excite us the year after. Okay. Makes it works sense. out well. Like, listen, Wither Team, technology doesn't love us, but timing does. Like, we've gotten really good timing here. Um, and then we found out also that there will be four books. So we're going to get Oathbound and then a fourth book to wrap it all up, which I am really excited about just because I think that, like, as we're getting to these chapters, too, and what we talked about last episode, there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of questions. And we get some answers in Bloodmarked, but I think we get more questions than answers in Bloodmarked. Mm-hmm. Um, the world definitely, like, deepens in Bloodmarked, and we get to see more outside of campus and outside of just, like, the small um, number of people that... Provincial town <laughs> that is the UNC <laughs> Chapel Hill campus. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I will say, like, and we get. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, and like, and in and in like building that world, we also, I think, get more questions mm-hmm. that come from like that expand, like expanding the world. So, I'm excited that we'll have enough time to really, like, hopefully, Tracy, if you're listening. Hey, girl. There are some questions that need answers, and now we have four books to get. If Tracy, if you if you're listening, I got several bones to pick with you, but you're not listening, so it's fine. (laughs) But I have several bones. I will say, when I did finish reading Bloodmarked, like for me personally, I feel like we there's just there's so many series. Like this is something I deal with personally. Like reading books, I'm like sometimes you just want the one story. Um, so usually I would not necessarily be happy that a book is going to turn out to be or not a book I'm sorry a series is going to be longer than I already anticipated because I'm like girl I am an adult I do not have time to be (laughs) reading all these books like that however like Robin was saying when I finished Bloodmarked I was like girl Tracy I don't know how you're gonna wrap this up in one book I don't know girl I really don't know so I'm really really happy that we're gonna have the time to let the story breathe answer the questions solve some love triangles as long as some of those questions that I answered are specifically about Bree's mother and yes. Stell's mother and yes. how they connected. I just need, there's so many questions, even from just like the couple, like the last couple of chapters that we've read, so last episode to now, that I'm like, oh no, like Tracy Dion must answer for her. <laughs> right. like, I need to know. Like, you're not going to get away from the series that you've written without giving us some answers about what these ladies have been up to and like the, the magic that has influenced Brie, um, even into what we're going to get into today. Like I need, I need specific <laughs> answers from the point of view of at least Brie's mom, if not also Sel's mom, pretty please. And thank Honestly, you. Honestly, especially yeah. those two. Like I, like, it's yeah. getting to the point in my head canons where it's like almost not to bring her up, but kind of like a marauder setup. I'm like, I just kind of want the adventures of Brie and Sel's mom, like a little bit. Yeah, like just give me that yeah. little flashback yeah. or a, you know, a, a, no, a novella. Like I'm right. I don't. I am not choosy about mm-hmm, how. I just mm-hmm. want to know I'm gonna get it. I don't. You can wrap it up in whatever package you want to put it in. It could be whatever <laughs> holiday you choose to unveil it. Like I'm down. Just mm-hmm. as long as I know I'm getting How it. How thoughtful of you, Portia. But Tracy, no, Tracy. I am so magnanimous. Tracy. I am so- I'm not being, I'm not asking too much. You will give me this, no. but you can give it to me in whatever package yes. you so mm-hmm. choose. Whatever but you will package. give me this. I, you know, I think that for me, um, I'm excited because 
I can't think of very many like four book series off the top of my head. Like you get the trilogies, mm-hmm. you get the like multi books. Get a duology, a duology every once in a while, which I always think are really great. Um, and then you get like those multi, mm-hmm. you know, seven, eight, ten, thirteen, mm-hmm. in, infinity five minimum series, um, five minimums. Um, and so I think like it's something that we talk about a lot. Um, especially in television, even though I haven't been watching any television the last couple of years, but um, knowing how a story ends and knowing that you're going to have enough time to tell that story, but then like not going beyond mm-hmm. it and not like trying to like, you know, extend it out. Not saying that like, you know, things. No filler episodes. Exactly. No filler chapters. And like things change, yeah. you know what I mean? Like Legendborn is a huge hit. People love it. I'm very upset when I realized that she did not win the Hugo Award for Bloodmarked or Legendborn um, for YA, which do better. Um, that's on that's them. On them. Yeah, that's on that's them. not on Tracy. That's on them. But like, it is a it is like an unequivocal success mm-hmm. of a book. Um, so things might change, or you know, we'll do whatever. But I do. I am excited that we know it will be four books. The from what I read, what Tracy said, like she's excited that she'll be able to like have the space to tell the full story and like go into things that she didn't, she wasn't sure she'd be able to really go into before. Um, but including the mother's point of view, <laughs> exactly, just a chapter but, or two, if she would like. Again, however she wants I, to do it. Look, if if you want to just be like, you know, I'm gonna open up this book. And you're going to be like, whose point of view of this? And then you get three pages in and you're like, oh, it's the mother. I'm fine with that. Again, just, I just need it. I, I mean, it can even be a bonus book. I The one thing I am mad about, though. It can be a short story included yeah. within. I, I feel like the, for it to make sense, it's probably going to be included in the story because of how, like, the kids are kind of understanding more about what's going on it kind of gets like wrapped up in it all yeah. that's my feeling but again i am not the one thing i'm I a little bit mad about in this announcement i will say is that there will be a bonus chapter from cell's perspective i believe or someone else's perspective mm. possibly will. no will william's the one who's kind william's of out will in blood at the is it an oath bound or is it in blood mark uh, it's going to be in the paperback oh, version Bloodmark. of Bloodmark that's coming out. And I just yeah. need, because I don't know if we talked about this on Wizard Team before. I am a paperback girly. I have yes. Bloodmark in hardback. I have Legendborn. I have an arc of Legendborn, and then I have Legendborn in hardback, too. Um, and I listen, I will buy it. I have, like, six copies of Persuasion. And if you guys ever want to, like, if you find a cool copy of Persuasion and you want to send it to me... Go forth and prosper. I would appreciate it. I'm trying to collect every single um, edition of Persuasion I can find. But, so I'm not like, you know, oh my God, I can't have all of these different books. But like, now I'm going to like definitely need to get the paperback of Bloodmarked, which means I need to get the original paperback of Legendborn, which means like, am I going to go through and get like the special edition from like, the UK or you know what I mean it's just the whole thing so that's the only thing I'm a little yeah, bit yeah that's the unfortunate about, thing about, about being a not, book buyer in these days yeah. is the like you're not lacking for choice and the special editions make points I think I just need for the universe to accept more paperback 
special mm-hmm. edition. Yeah. Because then mm-hmm. you can get the two for one. Give me the paperback edition in a special. And also with, with the mean, all the sprayed edges and the in page some give you can do cool stuff with paperback yeah. and I don't feel like enough people are taking advantage of that. I had a like the gilded ones had a good paperback copy. I need publishers to understand. Some of us are neurodiverse and we have like a textural thing against hardback. Some may have a textural thing against paperback. I don't know. That's not me. I have a text like a texture thing against hardback. And then I'm like, but if I don't, it hurts your hands. If I don't buy the book, then it won't get to paperback. But I don't want to buy the book in hardback, knowing I'm not going to read it. I want it in paperback. Just give it a uh, release them both. <laughs> they can't make as much money that way, which is what it all comes down to. Which I is so silly because, like, I don't know, I know why. Like, I'm sure they've done the math, so I, I'm not saying it's not true, but it doesn't it's make sense cheaper, to me. Right? Yeah, they're cheaper. It doesn't make sense to me because the people... Why wouldn't paperback be the first thing? And then Because you... they want you to have no other option. Yeah, that's right. You're and right, you're so right, you're right. forced to take is either paperback or audiobook at the time, whenever they're first released. Maybe ebook. Maybe, like, those are your three, but not paperback because you have no other choice. But to, if you want it physically, you're going to have to get the hardback and it's going to be the most expensive version of all of them. Yeah, because I was like, it doesn't make sense because people who are buying paperbacks and waiting for paperbacks were never going to buy the hardbacks. But you're right. There are people who are like might have gotten a cheaper option had it been available. But because it wasn't available, they're like, I'm going to get the hardback, which mm-hmm. is usually the most expensive version. Yeah, I'm. I usually get caught up in the like, if I don't, I don't know why I am so egotistical, but I'm like, if I don't buy this, it will not be a success. And then it will never get to paperback. <laughs> like my individual one sale. You specifically. My sale is the reason. I do this all the time too with like the, um, with TV shows and stuff. Where I'm like, the fact that I waited to, to binge is why it didn't get picked up for the next season. This is my fault. I take personal responsibility, which is like ridiculous, but also. I don't know. It's how I feel. I mean, sometimes it's like the mood of the audience, though. Like, if I'm doing a thing and I know other people are doing a thing, then it's it's likely that a lot of us are feeling the same way. And so the whole audience that probably exists for this thing is trying to wait to binge. And then we're messing up <laughs> the actual um, impact and ability for the show to come to come back because we're all waiting to binge. I understand yeah. that. Um Sidebar. That was about the sidebar to the sidebar. The sidebar. We need to get back onto the main track at some point on this. On this, um, but I was going to just say sidebar in, in relation to TV series. Um, I respect the four book decision. Whatever it takes to wrap up the story, perfect. And like relatedly, in sidebar, really, I love that. Like um, for TV shows that are doing that, like. Um, low-key did wrap up its whole second season mm-hmm. in six episodes so I'm like if you that's not even like I feel like eight has mm-hmm. been the typical shorter series kind of uh timing that has happened for a lot of shows but six episodes is like becoming a thing it seems so maybe four and six like that's going to be the new like mm-hmm. trend I guess in books I I honestly think it does sound like it just seems like the story she knows the story will be wrapped up and contained within the four and she's not trying to push for a fifth or whatever to make it mm-hmm. like a whole like a five or whatever which i i appreciate that like yeah we were saying that like i just don't like whenever yeah. there's a filler i like when yeah, authors more. know the bounds of their story and 
not just authors of like books, but like writers in general know the bounds of their story and stick with it. Right. And yeah, it really seems to be the case in this situation. Like there are series that go on forever and there's filler and there are series that we're only giving you a duology. That's all we can take a risk on. And you can feel they it needed the other book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, y'all, you really, there, and sadly there are books that like have like multiple, like I can think of one particular series that like, I won't say it right now, but if it had been just two books and they had taken cut out some of the filler, I probably would have enjoyed it so much more. The, the third book that's out, I probably would have read it as a second one. I haven't read the third book because of how much filler was in the first two. I was like, I don't, should I think series, up the third I feel one? like I I'll say it. It's controversial to say in y'all's podcast, <laughs> but I can say it. <laughs> but I feel needed another book. Like, I really loved it. Don't give me get me wrong, but Ray Bear. I felt like I needed another book. The second mm. book, I was like, Okay, I have uh, I still have a few questions. Um, I'd like a third. I'd like a third book. It was very good, but again, this is publishing decisions. Uh, maybe maybe the answers will be in the because mm-hmm. she's going to stay in the world of Ray Bear, but it's from so maybe that'll be if it's if it's more world building questions than it is like specific character questions. I don't. I felt like the story tied up well enough for me for Ray Bear, but I also had started the series disliking the main character because the audio book yeah that's what person that's what y'all like said and crying. i liked it happen? well enough but i forgot no. what other mm-hmm. book it's i like, think she's I the like, same this, she stays with a job she is which she does love that for her and she's a black lady yes, yes get love paid. That for her. but there is something and i think it might also be because she was the same reader for legend was, World, right? i liked her in that too and mm-hmm. No, I did not. And um, there was another one that we read, Portia, because we were talking mm-hmm. about, and that's how we figured out that it was like this reader. Somebody but... in the community recently read, in the BNC community, recently read something, and she was the audiobook narrator, and I read it too. And that was the first. I can't remember which one it was, but I was like, oh, I kind of hear it now. I think she read Lone Women. It was something. Okay, I, yeah, maybe. I, have to I didn't read that in audiobook. Um, but. Yeah, we'll get we'll, the, we'll pick it up. It we'll pick up on this. But later. yeah, yeah. An audiobook reader. There are like I don't know. Partially too. I just recently like not DNF because I'm I'm going to read them, but like stopped reading like two audiobooks in a row because the reader just wasn't giving me what I wanted, and so I was like narrator. narrator sorry, I just the narrator wasn't giving me what I wanted. And so I was like, I got to pick this up. You said reader for a second. I was like, you weren't giving you what you wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Which sometimes I'm not. I'm like, Um, oh, oh well. Sometimes. No, a lot of times there's another book that I just dropped and I literally was like, not right now. I can't do it. Like, this is on me. I talked about this in the the culture by culture episode with uh, Portia and Bayana, or maybe it was after we recorded. I don't remember. But like, yeah, it's so mood dependent sometimes. Like, I feel so bad because everybody loves this book. And I could tell like it was just purely a mood. It wasn't like just wasn't the time for me. But I had to DNF Cemetery Boys. Like on paper, it's supposed to be for me, but it just was not in the moment. I was like. Yeah, I I don't want to cuz the word cuz it's actually better to DNF in my opinion than to force yourself to read it when you know you're not in the mood, then you're going to dislike it and hold it against the book when it's not the book's fault. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I think like because I'm a mood reader and like I some and I also like binge genres. I think that's also important to know. But either way, okay. We should maybe That was a great aside. <laughs> we should talk about 
previously on Wither Team and get into these. This is like, these are, I mean, we have two shorter chapters, but like the chapter, it, it's still a meaty. We get, we get a lot. There's a lot happening here. So let's go. Yes. Angsty, action-packed goodness. Mm -hmm. And that is how we left off in the previous episode on Wizard Team, where Brie um, went back home post being with her dad at the Waffle House. Um, and she touches the bracelet that in the box that he gave her. And when she does, she goes on a memory walk where her mom tells her about her family's root and the bad luck curse that comes with it. Um, apparently, uh, this is all happening while they're at like a fair and this is young Brie being told by her mom, but she's young, so she doesn't understand everything um, for current Brie to actually understand what's going on. So um, she's learning all this through herself, in a weird way, but in a memory. Um, and so the curse can only live in one person at a time. They only can have daughters and the magic that they pass burns them out so that no one has a long time with their mother. Bree's mom um, helped save people when the gates opened into campus in the 90s and has been hiding from the order ever since. Uh, she believes not telling Bree would help Bree to hide from the order and stay safe from their watch. Um, so when Bree um actually like it takes on all this information she's like okay um i have to do my mom's will i'm gonna be smart the same way she was and i'm going to say bygones to the order so she's um going to the gala but only in the understanding of like i'm getting out of here like i'm this is gonna be my my big farewell don't cry for me argentina kind of moment and so um alice and charlotte help her get ready um they didn't go shopping so charlotte who knows all the girls um helps to get her some dress options and alice helps her get her hair and everything and make the choices together brie comes across the perfect dress they get her together um she shows up at the gala walks in the door nobody talks to her besides the black man who's a doorman everyone else just like she just walks in and no one is immediately trying to sit her or anything so it's only after she kind of like is in the room for a while that some um people that are in the order and with her have like popped up and start talking to her including nick who flirts with her um and which annoys uh tor to no end Fitz gets an attitude because Nick is like, Vaughn can't sit with us. And Cell is, was initially, Brie could saw him when she walked in the room, but over time, she he is nowhere to be seen. But Brie can still feel him. His eyes, his gaze is on her body. She can feel him. <laughs> and uh, before they... Nick and Brie can fully just have their flirtatious moments of themselves in the center of the room dancing. Here comes Isaac. Uh, Father Davis's Nick's father, his uh, king's mage, and he interrupts their dance because they are fun blockers. And that is where we are today. <laughs> Chapter 45. Let's go. <laughs> That's where he left off. On Glee. Oh my goodness. All right, on Glee. Oh man. So what a series of chapters this is. Yeah, so we start now. We're in chapter 45. And Brie is looking at Isaac like, who is this man's, right? Um, Isaac tells Nick his dad wants him to join him in the antechamber. Nick reluctantly leaves Brie with Isaac, says he'll find her after the selection. But it's very like 
telling how hesitant Nick is when like he recognizes that Isaac isn't following him to the antechamber. He's like, uh, ooh, I'm just okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they Isaac and Bree have a staring competition, and that wakes Grandma Charles up, who has you know been sharing Bree's consciousness. Grandma's like, I don't like him. Bree's like, I don't like him either. <laughs> and Bree's like, but I really need to focus, Grandma. So can we, can we, can you back up so I can, you know, I can't, I can't split my focus. And so then Bree's grandma um, fades in the background and Bree says that she. I love how she was like, she was like, I'm willing to mm-hmm. go. You guys told me twice. However, I needed you to know before you mm-hmm. kept moving in this room. I already don't like this room. But I especially mm-hmm. don't like this man right here. Well, it says too. I just right want to like like read it. Like so, she's like, um, I feel the full force of Isaac's gaze on my face. If Sal's attention feels like sparks or embers, Ooh. Isaac is a sweltering late July heat. His fathomless eyes bore into mine. Even still, sounds like the, the <laughs> sunken right. To me. Even still, I don't break our eye contact. I didn't come here to cower. Who is this man? <laughs> is what her grandmother says in her head. Like, who is this man? Why is he staring you down like this? So, like, Grandma was immediately, like, mm-mm-mm, constant vigilance. So, um, she says that she, Grandma fades so fast and quiet, she worries that she may have been gone for good, but she closes the door behind her for now and feels it tight because she's like, I don't want Isaac to know at all what I got going mm-hmm. on internally, like, the root craft I have going on internally because this man is a you know, he a threat, he a danger. The active root craft. The active root craft. The, the yeah. Active, yeah. Um, and so then he, Isaac, like, has a small smile thinking, like, oh, that Brie kind of lost the staring contest, and that's fascinating. Um, which is scary as hell to me. Um, and so comes to Bree's rescue. Well, we learned that he figured out why yeah. she, like, he figured out that he, that, like, he can, like, send cell cells mesmer. with a mesmer. Yeah, that it didn't take. And it didn't last. Yeah. So I thought that's what is his comment for, like. The fascinating mm-hmm. is definitely, he's, like, he is, he is roaming through Bree's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Without permission and what, ugh, ugh, we don't like this man. No. We don't like him. Nobody likes Roman him. Roman through someone's mind um, without so consent? Absolutely not. On top of the rest consent, of it. Just, yeah. This is a bad, this is a bad man. Okay? But then... Um, but then Sal huh? shows up, coming to Bree's rescue, grabs her, like, not grabs, but like... He saves her. You know, appears at her elbow... She, he is in black on black, of course. Of course. Black suit, black shirt, black tie. If Nick is a secret agent, then Cell is an assassin. And we're here for it. (laughs) (laughs) Cell is like, what's up, Master Isaac? Isaac slides his gaze to Cell and is like, oh, my favorite pupil. Bree is like, oh, shit, what's going (laughs) Um, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to take Bree. I need to talk to our once born guest, which is really interesting that I, I thought that he chooses the word guest, um, because Bree to the rest of the order and everyone here is still, um, in the trial. In the running to become top yeah. model. Yeah. Um, 
unless there was a lot of talk happening, only the people that were staring at her, Nick and Cell, when she runs away, knows that she like may not be coming back. But she didn't say anything definitive. They just haven't. She just dipped. They have a feeling about mm-hmm. who belongs yeah. here. And like, so they're not going to go out of their way to act like she belongs with them. She can be the guest. So I don't think that, cause I don't, he, it doesn't startle anyone around them. No one around them who could be eavesdropping and goes, oh, girl, guest. Like they're, they're all looking at her like, oh, she doesn't belong here. So yeah, she's that guest yeah. term is like fine. Yeah. And it's, but I think it's more pointed to me that Cell says it in Bree's hearing. Like there's no one else. I think it's more for me for Isaac. It's like a, yeah, you taught me. And you also taught me that we're supposed to treat mm-hmm. guests a certain yeah. way. Like you're not supposed to try to be probing her, but she's not supposed to, you know, you're not, you're supposed to give her guest rights, not like be over here trying to probe in her brain. Yeah. I think it's definitely for Isaac too, but I think like, um, I don't know. I just took note of like calling her guest. Um, so then so tells Brie or takes her to the back of the dance floor and they start and she, like Brie thinks that they're just gonna like leave the dance floor and sounds like ah, 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 and they start to dance he grabs her waist um, and says a bit of advice never look at Master Merlin directly in the eye at his age Master Isaac's mesmer is far more powerful than mine and works much faster um, which last episode Portia we were talking about like the vampirism that kind of comes through like mm-hmm lore that comes through with the um merlins and this was definitely one of those for me where it's like if you are into vampires you should know like if you look them directly if you make direct eye contact that's how they can um dispel you and get glamour like, glam- um not even glamour like they can literally in a lot of uh vampire lore. vampire lore they direct eye contact and they have you under control <laughs> like direct control they can like as long as it's kind of like um the angels in or the opposite of the inverse of the angels in Doctor Who. Like if you're looking directly at a vampire, you are no longer in control. Um so that's also like later on we find out like exactly what Isaac was doing with that direct eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> um like uh, Portia said, he's he's able to like kind of read, um, go into her mind and like read the like what Cell's mesmer does and stuff. Cell tells Bree that he's surprised that she came to the gala, and she explains about Disney movies. And he's like, "I thought you came. I thought you were coming to say goodbye." And she's like, "I I am." Um, yeah, so it's so it's another funny. <laughs> it's another moment where. Um, Nick does not pick up on that. I think this is like something that's really interesting in the in the Selbrick um, triangle mm-hmm. because now it, it is ahead. definitely mm-hmm. definitely becoming a triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick sees Bree and is so like over like overcome that she comes back and stuff. But I think he like is looking at her in a very mm-hmm. hopeful and what he wants to mm-hmm. happen manner mm-hmm. and like. Has kind of lost, not forgotten exactly why Brie came and joined, um, or or came into the order and infiltrated the order in the first place. I don't think he's forgotten, but I think he's kind of lost sight of that because of 
like the Camlan of it all and just really, really wanting her on his side and, and feeling like um, she came back and they're going to, they're going to go through this entire thing together. And so it's more of a hopeful reading of what Bree's presence here means. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cell, he knows the last time that Bree and Cell were together, like had his own like shocking, you know, revelation. And it's like, understanding grief and things is more realistic and it's like oh you're here to say goodbye um partially because he was with her when she was like it was it was an accident my mom hit like he heard her say like my mom did all this stuff to keep me away from the order and I just was selfish and did the exact opposite so I think he also has like a little bit more context yeah but um okay look I want to be clear no just for background for me when I first read this book, look, I am not, I do not usually like a love triangle. Like I don't, I think they're pointless. A lot of the times the stories are not done well, but I was saying before we started recording, like, I feel like we're in a love triangle renaissance that, or I'm just maturing in a way that I appreciate love triangles more. I'm not really sure, but this is one of the first books that I read where I was like, they really got me in the first half. Like I was like, I don't see anything wrong with Nick. So you're going to try and bring cell later in the, in, in the last half. And I don't think I'm going to see it. And like, when they're y'all have already covered that but when they're like sneaking around the house or whatever i was like that was my first like ooh red flag uh oh am i no oh, okay no <laughs> stay firm stay firm delia and then we get to these chapters and i'm like oh oh never mind never mind and this is partly why we'll get a little bit more into it cuz i have more thoughts on it but like he besides just being hot let's obviously uh, but like Ooh. he really does understand and see brie in a way that yeah like you're talking about nick just does not seem to it's like this idealization that i mean i'm not again i still do like nick like i really do so i'm not trying to like crap mm-hmm. on him too much but like i didn't realize until rereading these chapters because i've only read legend board the once i'm not a big rereader that i it stood out so much to me that i'm like oh like he's kind of centering himself in this that doesn't mean he doesn't love brie but like he is centering himself in this moment and in this experience and that's i don't think i picked up on it in real time because i was in the middle of making the switch in any way <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's honestly why i did not i've not I've, partially why i don't see it for nick, I was say, but, uh, you didn't see it for nick right but like partially place. why is that i i think honestly like nick and then, and I guess that relates to like to their relationship and that like Brie launched him on a journey that he was not trying mm-hmm. to be on in the first place. So there's like when it comes to their relationship, like there's a lot of like compromise and like, oh, I'm gonna support you, then you support me kind of thing. Like they're kind of like it's like a not necessarily mm-hmm. transactional, but it feels like they've kind of like give and take, like they feel they expect give and take from each other. Um and while Nick gets possibly like what comforts her, he doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. get where her brain is a lot of the time. And Cell, on the other hand, like I think part of the reason why she is so disturbed by Cell is because he's able to read where her mind is. Like he's able to disturb where, her, like, oh, our, oh, I see your wavelength. I'm gonna take it to demon. <laughs> but like, he's, like those, that's where he was. Those that's darker undercurrents, right? Because like this whole story is a story about yeah, like going yeah. through grief. Like she has dark. Thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Yeah. After Brie. Yeah. And I think that's why she was also like, I think that's partially why I think, I think Cell is high, is very aware of how attractive he is, especially to people who are like 
into like brooding guys. So I feel like he played with her. He was like, he was like, oh, like she's over here. She's probably attracted to me because like, oh, I'm the like darkness mm-hmm. and the light or whatever. Like if she's gonna like attract, I'm gonna F with her, right? And I, so I get that. But I, for this chapter specifically, I was thinking about like how Nick very much is not thinking about like even if like even though he hasn't spoken to Brie really since everything was unveiled um if the bare minimum is like what she gave him was that like my like the order wasn't responsible for my mother's death mm. I've got to go which is basically what he got from her then like if he was thoughtful towards her he would not want to keep her wrapped up in the order which he said from the mm-hmm. beginning was dangerous for her like if he really was more oriented mm-hmm. to her safety that's what he would want and yet He's already stepping into the gala like if Bree's here, she's mm-hmm. she's gonna be my page. Mm-hmm. Like that's where his brain is. Whereas Cell is like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm hoping that she's putting her safety first. I'm hoping she's gonna get out of here because she should thing. get out of here. And I'm like, like there's a difference in like love where you're like more, like you're looking out for the other person's needs more than like what you might want from them. And I feel like that's the difference in their relationships, um, especially as it comes to like where we are presently with it is that like one of them, one of them expects give and take. And the other one is like, I know you got to do what you got to do to be safe because he knows, or well, also because Cell knows what mm-hmm. being unsafe in the order looks like. So he's like, I would rather you and that- do the safer road. And that's I such a that's great way to put it. It's like felt- being oriented I- towards Brie or not. Like N- Nick, we even see it in Bloodmarked, is like more oriented to what he needs. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but like when you're talking about like a romantic relationship, like Sal is always oriented once yeah. he, you know, stops trying to. I mean, even when he's trying to murder her, really, he's always oriented <laughs> toward Brie. He didn't try to kill. He was. She. He did not get right. murdered. She didn't get murdered. He threatened her with murder, which I did not like. I did bench him for that, but. He like again. I think that was on him on his like. If you want to see a bad boy, baby, there's your chance. <laughs> Left cheek, right cheek. Like he, he was like, I need you to see. <laughs> I need you to see that if you're trying, like I, you say bad boy. I'm actually him. That's me. I am awful. I am. I will do bad things. And to you, if you try me, so don't do it. And I think. Um, is again that was very pure villainy, and I did not like him for that. That was bullying, but he actually, in doing that, was being more forward, thinking of like she needs to get out of here. She needs to back up. Then Nick being like, "Oh, what can I do to make sure she can get out of here? What is the long game? How can I make sure at the end of this she's out?" Like he didn't do that. Yeah, I think for me it's more. Um, and I and I really appreciate this in like Tracy's writing, and I think it's like intentional too. It reminds me a lot of, like, how, like, even though Nick is trying to distance himself from the Mm -hmm. Order, understands the flaws of the Order, he is still very much privileged and coming from the system and has never felt like an outsider in this system. Um, So once he's kind of accepted within himself that, like, Camlin's coming he can't really escape he then just like kind of takes back on all of these things even though he knows that they're not great like he under like he recognizes the flaws but like like you know we've talked about like it's a cult like he once he realizes that he can't 100% get away and he kind of knew in his back of his brain he couldn't 100% get away anyway it was like a 
it was all kind of symbolic gestures of like, I want things to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, once he lets that go, he also lets go of, or like, he, I guess he just it accepts everything fully and then loses sight of like how that is not actually possible for Bree, who's an outsider. And I think Cell also ha- has a bit of an outsider. I mean, he's a Merlin and he's very much like of this world, but Merlins are also kind of treated as like tools, really. Like the way that we see them treat um, Cell, he's very objectified. He's very much a tool and very much like can be and will be discarded. Like the way that Daddy Davis talks about him throughout, you know, it's like, you're only as good as what you are able to provide us and what you're able to do for us. And the minute that you cannot do these things, like you can be, you know, disposed of. And so I think because of where Cell is at and his um, positioning to the order versus where Nick is, he does constantly see the fullness of Brie and like, like every aspect of her. Um, and that is like where kind of Nick falls short. Mm-hmm. I also <laughs> just because I am very cell coded and like he was written for my particular leanings. I think that there's something I don't, I don't know if irresistible is like the right way of saying that's it, but there's something about <laughs> how that's how he would say it. There's something about how cell sees Bree in her fullness Mm -hmm. that makes her want to like distance herself, especially because she does feel for Nick. Um, And I think this is like the, like very much like she's 16 um, (laughs) part portion of this too is like, kind of like I decided I like Nick first. And so Mm -hmm. that's the choice as opposed to like, maybe what I feel for, like, maybe I need to step back and, like, really, like, examine what I'm feeling for Cell. Like, she's just like, nope, that's the forbidden, foreboden. Um, so I think that, like, there's also something about that that I think, portion of what you're saying, like, Nick, or Cell, like, knows that, like, she's intri- int- interested in him and intrigued by him and, like, it's kind of playing that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but and playing with her and her emotions in playing that mm-hmm. up, but it also like makes Brie feel unsettled and uncomfortable that she and and Lord loves an avoidant. She's just like, nope, mm-hmm. not going to put that. Like she's she said, like, okay, we're 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 tearing down walls. There is no more before Brie and after Brie, but there's very much like a Brie Brie is a compartmentalizer, yes. and she yes. <laughs> very much like throw all these like uncomfortable feelings about cell into this box and let's focus. It's right? worked so far. Um, what could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? To be fair to her, like, and like K-drama rules. Yes. That's exactly like, what I've been thinking. Like, like, I'm like, okay. K-drama rules. <laughs> and K-drama and K-drama rules. They play, they play dark because K-drama rules will have you like, technically you'll see the second male lead first in a show sometimes. And so you're like, oh, she met him the first. So this might, like, they might actually give us a really good second male leads kind of thing going on. 
And then the, you get six episodes yep. in, there's a flashback. They were in kindergarten and they met each other. So they were true loves. And you're yeah. like, oh, goodness. <laughs> that was, that's the real one. Because it's always whoever met first in, so in, in K-drama lore. So they'll right. retcon it real quick. They're like, oh, yeah, well, actually, they knew each other yeah. when they were five. <laughs> actually, they met. Yeah. So... I'm uh, like so. K drama rules. Cell is first, but then and, and I feel like Cell honestly is he might have met her earlier because um, of their mom. waiting on that flashback. Get that uh, Tracy, <laughs> waiting. Okay. <laughs> However you want to provide that, just I would just provide it. Um, <laughs> just putting that out there. But I think that yeah, it's so funny to me because K drama rules that it would be Cell. Like, and I think in Bree's head. If she's like weighing it, like uh, whatever, I feel like she kind of was going back to that too, because she keeps like for a good chunk of like the first act, she keeps going back to selling the trees in the park, how what he smelled like, how his magic kind of kills still smells the same to her as it was when they met in the woods, and I'm like, she's still there, she's still in her first meet, like yeah. she's I still wish there. This wasn't a podcast, I wish y'all could see all the faces I've been making this whole time because let me tell you what, <laughs> ooh, it's so good. If you're um, a baddie, you can see it. Did I mention the cologne? I think I, I think it comes. Yeah, no, we're not quite there. We, yeah, we can okay. move forward. Yeah, How about we move yet. forward? So, because that's my okay, favorite part. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so they're still dancing. Um, Sella's warned her about Isaac and like asked why she's still here, and she's like Disney movies, and she did come to say goodbye. Um, and then Brie is like, wait, I just want to also hypothetical, sorry. not so hypothetical. Wait, wait, oh, go sorry. Ahead. I just also want to highlight what she says. She's here to say goodbye. And his response is, if that's your wish, why? Because Sal's like, whatever you want, girl. Like, I just really like those words in particular, like that, how, how Tracy wrote them. And, you know, she's talked a lot about how she writes these two characters. Um, but something about the, I can't exactly put my finger on it, but the way he phrases it, even specifically just makes me feel like yeah 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 yeah. like very much giving that sorry like i will do what is best and what you want and need Mm -hmm. like that and my feelings you drive what yeah and my feelings and we'll see that even in these chapters these chapters are so good yeah okay onward yes um and nick thinks that that's what he's doing but he's he's not but he thinks he is. But, but he's not. not. But he's not a bad guy. Does I think, think he he's thinks he's. That? I think he? he thinks that Bree is aligned with think. him, like so aligned that if he wants yeah. it, she I must think, also yeah, I think yeah. It. I think I think Nick is in a place of like, I know what's best for us to navigate being in the order, and it's like okay, but you're why aren't you, you're you've adapted to the idea that you have to be in the order again. You haven't gone back to who you were when you first started off, where you're like, I don't want to have anything to do with the order. And like, See, I, but, and I think that that might be true. How much but how I dedicated don't were that, you to actually leaving in the first place? I, I, if, you're, if it revert back to, I don't think that that is. I think that that is true, but I don't think that that is conscious. I think Nick, in his in Nick's conscious conscious mind, thinks that they are on the same page. If I'm thinking this then Brie is thinking this. If I'm feeling this, then Brie is feeling this. I think that as well. And he's just like kind of projecting his... But you know who's you know who's projecting that energy from? His bounds. He's being bound to Cell. Mm. He knows that Cell can fill him. He knows mm. that Cell can understand what he's going through. He He's projecting his relationship of with Cell. But also more broadly, onto- everybody's Ooh. been oriented towards him his whole life, you know? He's supposed to be. Yeah. You know. Yeah. His will has been yeah. everyone's command 
in his brain. Yeah. And I think because he because he thinks he is disillusioned. Makes good, he's a good leader. But also he's like, a, um, I'm a good leader. I'm going to, I'm not going to lead anyone astray. This is, if I make a choice, it's for everyone's good. Yeah, well, I mean, there's the that, moral. but I think he, I, but I also think he thinks because he sees the order for what it is that he won't fall prey to people are just falling in line with me because yeah, of who it's I a lot am. of it's a lot how a lot of uh, like politicians get tripped up when they first get to congress they have high ideals yeah. high aspirations and then oop oop like he knows like he'll look at a Vaughn and be like oh no you only are agreeing with me because Never again. i'm author cyan and you do not actually you're not hearing me you're just going along to get along because of who i am but then he looks at Bree and thinks, oh, no, we are just on the same page. You just, you get me, you know me, and we are agreed um, because of what I feel for you and what you feel for me. It's also I the 16-year-old of it uh, all. Anyway. You, get, you get me and know me, but yes. I, just, I can't then therefore think, you get me and know me, but still want something different? That doesn't... Yeah. But also, like, have we had a conversation about this thing? Why? So I can be completely constrained. Why do we need to have a conversation? We are fated. Faded. Faded romances. Can together. I just put that out there? Are some of my least favorite, which is why the K drama trope of like, yeah, but actually yes. they were always meant to be together because they knew each other since they were a kid. I don't mind them sometimes because I think they're kind of funny how they set it up. I'll be like, you, so really, so the one time whenever she fell and her face is on the sand, he was a little boy. He held her back. <laughs> like that's why they're, and that's why that's they're meant to be. Story. They really, they really be doing it and i'm like okay i do i do find i find faded romances to be very silly and i think that they can be done well but i'm they're not my favorite and i'm always like uh i don't mind uh, i I don't mind them half the time i I really i don't know what it is i I think it's partially the humor yeah i don't know it's very funny but also the one that i really liked was like uh one percent happy one percent for whatever marriage i gotta remember i'd look it up but the it's faded because it's like a contract con- marriage of convenience because of like their families haven't like made this contract when they were like young but when you see what actually happened when they were young you're like oh this is so cute this is adorable i love this as an origin story for a romance so it's like i it's a faded romance but it's like a cute faded romance like i don't know i feel like they can be to done really them- well. i think they can be done well they're they're I just like to me they're very silly. I love a, but I do love a marriage convenience. Anyway, anyway, moving anyway, forward. Sorry, moving let's... forward because we will be. <laughs> um, so Bree is like hypothetical. That's not really a hypothetical, and asks about using ether to manipulate existing objects, and then tells him about her mom's bracelet. And Cell is like, "That's pre- precision mesmer work that he's never heard of." And I'm like, "That's because your mama got skills." Yo mama fell, not her mama. Yo mama did that. Uh, also at and this point, uh, the warm pin pick prick of his gaze dances over her cheeks, mouth, and throat. And I just want to <laughs> highlight that because I'm bringing menace energy. Like, sell, please. Continue. He can't help it, okay? <laughs> he got that magnetism and he's not even he got that dog in him. trying to anyway. do <laughs> Okay, but here we go. I'm about to unleash Delia. I'm about to unleash myself. This is, it's all on you, Portia, to keep yeah, us together. Are you ready? It hasn't happened yet. This is not even us unleashed. This is, are you ready? Let's go. Let's are you go. ready? We about to, we about to go. Sal tells her that she looks stunning. 
And she tells him that his Stunning. magic smells much better than his cologne. And she, and then smells like my mat. His brain short circuit. You can smell my. <laughs> you can smell my magic. And you like the smell of my magic. His reaction. Uh, he the fact that okay. See, this is what this is what sealed the deal, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to see it. When I first read the, these books, because back in the chapters before, when she's like, oh, I can smell this magic, it smells good, or whatever, we then get them like sneaking around, doing sneaky stuff, and the, the smell of his magic comes up there. And I'm like, oh, this is strong. This is a really strong case. But then she tells him about it. Child, I, I had to close the book. I was like, well, <laughs> well, that's it for Nick. Um, the fact that his face goes blank, like she has really just like short circuited his brain because, because, excuse me, you can smell my castings. Pardon? Okay. You're remarkable. First off, so I'm going to go forward a little bit um, or back a little bit. So when he's telling her that she felt she looks stunning, he goes, it's the truth you do, even though you're distraught. And then Bree's like, I'm not distraught. And he leans so yeah. close that his lips brush against her ear. And he whispers, liar. And he stands back with a small smile. And he's like, I got you. I did that. Again, oriented towards Who's Bree. unbalanced? Who's unbalanced now, Bree? Mm-hmm. 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 That little brush of my lips against your ear, you're discombobulated. And she's like, okay. And then she's like, your magic smells much better than your clone. And almost like it's immediately kind of like, uh-oh, did I say that out loud? Like, gives me flashbacks of what she's when she said something about nick left me Mm -hmm. (laughs) when she was very much all on nick and everyone and then she was like oh no oh no i look like a fool in front of people um but like i'm like the accidental slip of him of her letting him know that his magic smells better that she likes the smell of his magic and it's a slip because she's been thinking it so often that's how you can slip because you know yeah it's been constantly on her mind anytime this man is around since the quarry, like, he has what? all up in her mind. Every time. Every time. Anyway. But he, like his smell, like every time she talks, like, it's, it's very noticeable. We've noted this every episode. Every time she's, I feel like we haven't made an episode without her talking about how his magic smells. All I don't think that's up happened. in her yeah. mind. So it's be so such a like you make those slip ups when they're just such a a fact. Like you're like, oh, everybody knows this. But you just yeah, everyone it. knows. And it. then you realize like, oh, just me. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, or like, oh, I I said it out, I said loud, it out loud. I feel like it was like time, a, it was, was an unspoken truth. Yes, yes, yes. She's like, you know, your magic smells good. We all know it, but he doesn't. We all know it, but we're not. We're not going to say that out loud because it's weird to to point out. So then she's like, "It hits me a second too late that the conversation has taken a turn towards the intimate, and that it's all my fault." Hmm. I fight the urge to run from his curious gaze, and he's like, "You can smell my my castings," and then. He his grin completely unguarded and filled with something like awe. You are remarkable. Uh, <laughs> how you things have shifted. The line for me is the the things have ter- taken a turn toward the intimate because like turn for the intimate because like she's just thinking this is a, is a fact, but it's the realization like oh nobody can do that, and also oh that's really intimate that I've been smelling your magic this whole time, and now I've told you like this is 
please tell me like Tracy, please answer for these crimes. Hello. The fact that I shifted like, so only, hard and like open self. Oops. Not only smelling your magic, which is like this another mystery girl. Yes. What can breed you? What are Bree's powers? But that it smells good to mm-hmm. me. And that other magic, like, doesn't feel good, smell good. Because also, she hasn't said this, but, like, his magic makes her feel good. Which he kind of knows, which will, in Bloodmark, mm-hmm. we talk about that more. But, um, like, hello? Can we, mm, how was I, okay, we're going to move. She just met Isaac and is like, oh, his magic feels is icky. not. Sweltering. It's so icky, slimy. Like, Cells is it's not that and... good. It's that gross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cells is warm and cozy and his is like, I need to take a shower. And we're going to get to it. Uh... But like, this is where crazy, Tracy's crimes come into full effect because what follows, I remember being so mad. Like, I was like, I don't dislike Nick. I mean, kind like in this, mo- we're going to get there. But I'm like, you cannot give me this. Make me shift gears and then like do a whole 180 and then do this to me. Tracy, what are you doing? <laughs> I. It's so funny. I just. It's just. It was. It's just so hard to make. No, I'm no. I know I never what I'm saying. Like that. once, uh, once the, <laughs> like the fog is once lifted. Happened for you're you? like, what are we even doing? Why are we even doing any of this? Like, what is Nick even here? Like, I still like him as a person, but like, what? Tracy, please. I do not want to see what we're about to see, but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was always, like, I was, I, I like, the same thing. Like, Nick is cute. I don't dislike him. I think that Cell was just always, like, the moment he came on the scene brooding, and then she was, like, checking for him and smelling him and could feel her, his eyes on her. I was always, like. It always did it for that's me. That's where but... we're at. That's where we're ending up. Yeah, I mean. That's it. So, like, the Nick thing, I was always, like, this is going to be awkward when it ends. <laughs> so like the next the next scene I was, I was like poor nick he has no clue what's gonna happen um or does he because if i want to move this along yes okay so they're having this moment like you are he's like you're remarkable but i'm not the only one that thinks so and then he glances at the stage shifts breathes attention to the stage and we see um nick pete and william the legend born that are about to choose their scions um standing in a line just off the side of the stage and Nick's eyes are glued to them to Cell's body draped around <laughs> Bree and the anger on his face burns bright as a firework. And Cell says, oh, the scene he could make if he could. And Bree, if you have to, if he has to be in your line of sight for you to remember him and his feelings, exactly. you exactly. are not every time. This is not your man. Every time she is so guilty of this. Every time she interacts with Cell, it's the, just the like, oh, Nick exists. She has to be reminded that Nick. She's like, oh, Nick, crap, Nick, Nick. I love yeah, Nick. That guy. Oh, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Him. him, him, who yeah, I love them. Him, who is my. But name. also, it's funny because I love this. Is like it's clearly a love triangle rather than hinge kind of thing because the way that Cell goes about this is like you're i'm not the only one who finds you like captivating or whatever and he like shows her off with him draped over her rather than him like being like is that your man <laughs> like he's a lame you see him on that stage like you know what yeah. i mean he's like it's just very much like he wants to be part of this but he mm-hmm. can't have it and it's hilarious and like brie says like, like do you enjoy making him 
jealous? Are you doing this just mm-hmm. to make him jealous? Are you doing? Oh yeah, she says. Are you doing this just to make him? Jealous? And I love that. And he's like, uh, he's like, no, but that doesn't mean that that's not a great side effect. I also like that she asked that because, like, you, I, the way I read it, it doesn't necessarily. She twists. I twist the glare up at him. Are you doing this just to make him jealous? Like she is going to be upset. Read hurt if that is the case mm-hmm. because. She was real hurt whenever she thought that he, when she was already hurt about Cell, like mm-hmm, possibly mm-hmm. not liking her. Whenever he like said that she was a dummy, like she was very hurt by that. So anytime Cell looks like he may not find her attractive, is she's this like, fake? Are you, "Hello, are you just messing with me?" Like, <laughs> is this not reciprocal? Because I am feeling. Am I feeling all of these feelings alone? I also alone. like. Am I out here on right. the edge about to blow up like something solid with Nick? And I'm by myself. I also like that specifically from Nick's point of view, like I want to highlight because I don't think I picked up on this like at the time because I was just I was in I was in chaos when I first read this. But (laughs) reading it now, I'm like, oh, Nick is mad, not just because like Cell is doing this and like is being very performative, but actually what he just saw, like if you read it back, they just had this genuine moment like where like things overcame them. And he saw that like it must have been very visible, like, oh, he's just messing with her to like, oh, wait, no, something's going on over there. And I'm like, so sorry to hear it, Nick. (laughs) But also if you think about it, like Nick did not have a very long time mm-hmm. on the dance floor with Brie. Like, as soon as he and, uh, and Brie did one twirl, like, one twirl within the dance, Isaac was right there, breaking that up, because the white supremacists were like, we do not like our king dancing with this Indian <laughs> queen, please. <laughs> <laughs> and, but so, Nick did not have very much time with Brie on the dance floor. Here's here's Cell driving his body around her, twirling her around, mm. making her laugh mm. openly. He's also and he has not had. That I'm also thinking about this too. Is like he yeah. is about to. He's stepping out on the stage, thinking that he's gonna either see Bree sitting down or still staring or up still at him, being, yeah, staring up at him, waiting, like looking for him, or still being cornered and uncomfortable by Isaac. Right, so he's gonna like try to give mm. Isaac his like biggest, you know, uh. To find out that he's been, she's been rescued. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't really know exactly what whisk, happened. And whisked, whisked so off. Whisked away. Whisked off. Isaac is not yeah. no longer in the picture. So, like, the, like, you know, he can't even enjoy the, like. But neither is he. Yeah, exactly. Neither, he's got to sit with that. He's got to sit with enjoy, it. He can't even enjoy the release of, like, oh, she's not in danger of Isaac. Or she's not having, like, being cornered by Isaac. He, or she's not, in, you know what I mean? In different danger of, of self. <laughs> you know? She in danger. I'm in danger, girl. But not the kind you want. Me too. Uh <laughs> um, um so they stopped dancing. Uh because they stopped dancing. But I do love that like Cell does say, like, no, I'm not just doing this to make Nick jealous, but that doesn't mean it's not a pleasant side effect. Mm-hmm. You know? Doesn't mean I can't enjoy it. And then here come Daddy Davis. So here we go into the clownery. With just another, we're not going to go through it. It's just, you know, Daddy Davis has now given us a few speeches. You know what the speeches are. Clownery, pretentiousness, ridiculousness. Listening to his own voice. Loving the sound of his own voice. And finding joy. Yes. Um, loving it. The... Um, <laughs> he asked everyone to join in their sacred pledge. I okay. 
honestly, ever since, I can still, like, vividly hear. I hear Brianna's voice in my head when I get to these patches where she's like, it's a cult. Because I was thinking about this as, like, a secret society. I was thinking about this as an mm-hmm. order. But when she unlocked that, like, it's a cult, and my brain finally, like, coalesced around this is a cult, like, it just solidified for me. This pledge, when the shadows rise, so will the light. When the blood is shed, blood will call. By the king's table, for the order's might. By our eternal oaths, the line is law. I am like, I need y'all to break free. <laughs> yeah, because at this point, like, like, it. I love to learn about cults, but like at this point, Camlin's never happened. Like it sounds like on paper when you realize, like, read their history. Like at this point, the reality these people are living in, that's a that's just a cult. Like, um, <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah, it's doing a lot, especially when you're talking about like more distant members of this quote-unquote order like y'all aren't even like that directly involved like y'all aren't you know part of the table or anything so y'all are just hearing about a lot of this like why are y'all here yeah just adults trying to you know make themselves feel important but like it also reminds me a lot of like what patricia was saying to brie about how like a lot of this is their own doing like when the shadows rise the shadows are rising because daddy davis over here opening gates <laughs> like so will the light like who you like you have proclaimed yourself to be the good guys but like you're not the good guys like if you would just let people live in peace you wouldn't have to fight all these demons if you would not bind this ether to yourself you would not you know what i mean so it's just like it's one of those things that's like crazy to me um so they have the um, Legendborn come out and then breathe like the five remaining pages stand in a line facing the stage and the three scions, um, Sydney, Greer, Blake, Vaughn, and Witty. And Breeze says, a week ago, I would have been there too. So she's not in line with the other pages because she's decided that this is her goodbye, right? Mm-hmm. Um William chooses Witty for his squire. Peter chooses Greer. Greer accepts, and some people start to sneer because remember, Greer is non binary mm-hmm. and different. Um, and so we see a little bit of like, oh my goodness. Um, and uh, it says, what does it say? Um, the crowd shifts. I track the wary eyes, the hesitation, and the curiosity of some of the legions in the room. And some outright sneers. People who don't want to be inconvenienced, don't want to adapt. People who don't want to get better or learn more, just like Greer said. Right? And I love that, like, this is the order that we go in. Because y'all thought Greer was bad. Yep. At least Greer is white. Nick comes up. <laughs> At least Greer is white. <laughs> Nick comes up and is like, I, Nicholas Martin Davis, son of King Arthur Scott. King Arthur Pendragon first rank select Paige Matthews as my squire with her agreement we shall we will be bonded for this war and beyond and Nick is just like feeling it like he thinks he really just did something yeah he is like we are changing the world Bonnie and Clyde 2020 he's like look I told you I was doing diversity I was about to say do you want to look at me giving 
making you white better and i'm making the border like better giving white liberal of like yeah we can change the world through the systems that already exist come along everyone people of color queer people (laughs) don't you see see (laughs) we solved it we've the most first class we had we solved misogyny we solved misogyny war we did it we did it everyone we did with it. With the power of love, what? just like Disney. Good job. Did. With the power of love. It only takes oh, one, mean? and I am he, because I am yeah. now the scion of author. Disney yeah. movies got Brie to the gala, and Disney movies got Nick up here proclaiming Brie and thinking that everyone is going to just Let me tell you. Cheer. That's exactly what I said in my notes when I said, when I was doing chapter 46. I said, we went from... Uh, it's a scene directly from a PG teen <laughs> fantasy movie um, um, brought to you in your home in the in a book um, because it gives like it honestly kind of gives like a little bit of Heath Ledger and the things I hate about you like singing in front of the crowd <laughs> and being like mm-hmm. pointing out the girl in the crowd like it gives that well for, wait wait this goes exactly like you think it's going to go. I just wanted to say that. Like, it, like I remember reading this and like turning the page and then it, the first line is the room erupts. I'm like, yeah, because of course it does, Nick. Wait, wait, we're, we're, we're now in for... Wizard Team is back for a new season and with that comes a few changes. The one we're most excited about, other than reading Legend Born by Tracy Dion, is that the Patreon chat is back. Support our work by becoming a BNC baddie at any tier, and you'll be able to watch us record live weekly, have your thoughts included on the podcast, and interact with other baddies. Go to patreon.com slash blacknerdscreate to join. So, Brie in her head is like let me think this through i i'm going to be thoughtful about this i'm going to be considerate and then she decides i'm going to accept because <laughs> my mama told me to not to take risk and to be brave and this is exactly what she would mean take to be part of the order that she told me not to care to not to get involved in the first place it's the, it's and very much said and to breathe, that is that is it's including the order. Teenage logic, yeah. but specifically teenage yeah. logic from like a a teenage movie. Like it, it's, but also like it is. It's like to be fair, when you're a teenager and you want things to go the way you want them to go, oh, you will sure. make the rule. And if you are near any age, yeah, you will make the rules sound like whatever the rules need to sound like for you to mm-hmm. have interpreted them in that way. And so. To an extent, perhaps Nick was correct and Brie did actually want to be part of this, sadly. I don't know. But that's what she gives. And she answers back to him loudly and clearly. I do. I accept Sion Davis's order, offer. And then as soon as the words leave her mouth, the crowd explodes again. And unlike the charming PG teen movie interactions we've been having, where her stepping into the ball and being the the prettiest girl at the party, as uh, Bubbles would say from Hoppup Girls, um, she is instead given 
the entirety of the racisms that we've been noting for her every step of her day, every day she's been on the campus for UNC Chapel Hill, she gets it all wrapped up in a pretty five second bow. It turns all the worst racism has come comes out. Like just the Listen, worst, all of it, them, all of them come it out. It turns into the Arkansas is integrating the schools like right away. Little Rock, right away. Like I like it, I could see. The, the order of the rose as the 50s mamas holding up signs and saying, not my child, never again. And like, Brie becomes little tiny Ruby Bridges just trying to do her, like, just trying to go to school. Ruby Bridges, like, immediately. Like, just immediately. like, Vaughn's mother, Vaughn's mother is, is excessive because, girl, you knew your son was not going to get chosen because you know he showed out and you know they weren't going to, they were going to look for that boy. You knew he wasn't going to make it. Now she's the And so for her being rattled, for her being already in her druthers, she's the first one to say something crazy. She calls Brie nappy headed. And that's just. <laughs> she was going to say something else, but we did not get to see it. But she was going to say something else. That's, that's what we get. And um, she and said, like, you, you know. stole this from my son. Which... Oh, no, no, no. Like, like, no, because my thing is, you went all the way to nappy headed. You know what nappy headed means. Oh, she was going to say, say so she was, you nappy headed little, and then someone pushed little, her from her back. And got she can't, right. Off. What was you going to say? Right. Her back. So she's getting insults left and right, left and right. Gold digger, once born sheet, charity case. You're the charity case because you're not even on the stage. Um, so how are you? You're in this room. Um, come on. Her blood is dirty. She'll taint the line. That, that is what sets Brie all the way off. And she's ready to go haul off and knock them out. And who saves? Who performs? You've been touched by an angel girl for that person? That's Selwyn. Selwyn is like, I gotta get her out this crowd immediately. I and is he doing it because he's caring about what the racists go through and like whether uh, Brie punches him in the face. No, he's concerned because they're a mob <laughs> and he can't let Brie get got. And you, but That's Nick did mean. not okay. think about we're this. As he this probably DEI I was so on the mad. stage. It was, I was so mad. someone who is able to get her out. He didn't, Nick did not try to tell Brie with his eyes to move closer to the I stage. I was so mad. He didn't try to signal to someone in the no, crowd. Like, no. He didn't try to signal to sell get, get to Brie. Like, bring Brie further. When I remember, so we no. go from the previous chapter that we went on for far too long talking about Selwyn. Selwyn reacts immediately when when when, when Nick does this. He, he hisses a sharp intake of breath and then he's immediately into action protecting yeah. her because I'm sitting here like, Nick, you know how racist these people are you well no but he clearly, does but... it because he also he because he but he also was because no because what he said to her was like if you ever have a problem you let me know because <laughs> clearly he wasn't going to be able to know whenever a problem was happening because why would he be able to understand a problem was happening although there have been moments where i think tor has said something or whatever and he's been like look side eyeing he's good for a side eye but like when, sir, are you going to realize that the reasons why people were acting so hateful to you and Brie being together and got nothing to do with just the fact that she's not freaking from legend board? Yeah, no, it's he. 
it's just so selfish and like you straight up put her in danger like it like not just the he really trauma, did not just the he set her up to go through that like she he literally could have been had cell not done what you didn't like and been right her. there like, she would have been harmed yeah and that's why nick is also not a good partner to sell because he just uh, just like expects sell to like do stuff like to just oh Fix well it. you're do the protector and you're gonna protect you're gonna you're gonna take care of things like i shouldn't have to be worried about that you're supposed to be my protector and whoever i also think should use protection you should take care of them too i shouldn't have to worry about any of it my father the inventor of Toaster Strudel would be very happy about this. I don't like my father, the inventor of Toaster Strudel, will definitely um, evict you from being um, uh, me, Merlin, because uh, we, he can say that you're crazy. And as I'm mad at you, I will also say I think you're crazy. So you can. I'm so. I also. I, so I feel like this is like one of those things where we, we, like we were saying, like Nick is very much. Ah, uh, like in the clouds i'm in love everything is beautiful everything is grand and we're all on this everyone is on the same page like this is literally a boy who has never been told no to his faith without like a lot of excuses or caging but he's it. also supposed to be aware of what's wrong with the right. order but he can't see he, right right he he's aware of what's wrong with the order but thinks that it's just a, like my dad can fix it once I become king, I'll say, hey, guys, let's be nice. Be Simba. Let's be nice to the Negroes. <laughs> and then everyone's like, cool. Gotcha. Yes, you were correct, my liege. We'll do, we'll, we'll do that immediately. Immediately, you, we will just Nicholas. break down the centuries of systemic uh, discrimination and racism and just be cool. That we all benefit from because yeah. that's the main reason we put it in. Yes, yeah. oh, to make sure that shit. we got benefits out of it and everyone else had to sit below it. It's a hot mess. It's a hot mess. But sure. So then we see Cell like doing the thing. He's getting her away from people. Like literally, he's like cursing them out, and then she's like, "Where are you taking me?" And he's like, "Away from the aforementioned assholes." And then this is what I'm talking about. After that, uh, she's like, "You know, f them. I want to see Nick." And instead of being like, "That's dumb," which it is, girl, it is. It's dumb. You should be mad. Why do you need to see? Why do you want to see Nick after he set you up? It's very silly. That is, I like silly behavior. for me, I'm like, if she's not going to cuss this man out, then why is she in this happen? And I don't, I don't understand why. I understand that Cell is consent. He's going where she's saying she wants to go. He's following through with her consent. But at the same time, uh, no. And he but does. he does. And he doesn't even question it. That's the that thing. He's not even like, this is dumb girl. He's like, yeah. I understand you he love just him. I'm just do it. I'm a do what you wish. So, but she's also ridiculous right now because she's saying that adrenaline roars through her veins along with giddiness yes. and pride. Girl, you were just racism. You were just racism. It's giving, like, I hate to say it, upon reread, I did not, this was not my first read that I felt like this, but it's giving a little bit, and I don't know that Tracy intended this. It's just like, I hate to say it, I really, I really do, but it's giving a little bit of pick me. Like, oh, I was chosen. It's giving yeah. a little bit yeah. of happy token. Mm-hmm. It's giving a little bit like, oh, like, um, yes, pick me. Like he picked me and like 
I um like everyone's mad. Ha yeah. ha say mad haters. Ha ha they just mad they don't have what we have. But also it's giving like the getting some pride is like, yeah, we got away with it. What you gonna racist gonna do now? Yeah. Of uh, I'm the black girl, I'm the black representation, mm-hmm. and y'all can't take it. And it's like, okay, it's but only it's one of you and you still in danger, girl, as we will see. And <laughs> and, and but at the same time, it's like you're giddy and prideful of the fact that you had a room full of already racist like being racist mm-hmm. like that's not that's not hard to do it ain't it's really it's not that hard to rile up some racist so why what is so happy about that and i get that it's like that she was chosen but at the same time it's like i don't why did you accept it's i just the acceptance it's also really like the teenage love mind. part too right like uh, getting swept away in it which is yeah. very like a lot of times i have to like not really check myself but i have to remind myself when i'm in like um what do you call it uh like in a uh a ya where they are teenagers like these are teenagers this technically doesn't make sense for a teenager i find it silly and dumb but (laughs) this is technically accurate to a teenager's experience so however what is not but it's also kind oh, of alarming sure. that like my thing is it's, it's alarming that you're excited by a room of racists trying to grab your body and who do mm-hmm. who knows what to you and you're the thing you want to do is talk to the guy who's technically though given position. her grief and depression she has been tracing adren- adrenaline that is what we saw when we opened so I guess yeah. it's consistent still concerning but it is consistent. So she does, they go back, they go back, he, Cell brings Nick, and this is where I really get mad. Like, I seriously am just, like, upset. Is Because you're like, okay, Nick just put her through all this stuff. Like, shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have assumed, didn't even ask her what she wanted, and she just went through all of this. Does he say sorry? Is he like, oh my gosh, Brie, are you okay? Selwyn, thank you so much for get, keeping her safe. I should have thought, you know, thought more about it. Does any of that happen? Is Brie like, hey. No, 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 stop. Wait, you're going Back too far. Up. Back up. Stop. I want to get into the threesome of it. Oh, for sure. That's what I'm saying. Instead, they issues. stare at each other. Like, yeah. Um, let's... But, like, because, like, Cell takes her to this dark room. The light, she doesn't turn on the lights. No one's turned on the lights. It's just a dark, mm-hmm. small room. And no one can see what's happening. And from the light of the hallway, all she notices is, like, Cell and Nick appear together in their doorway once Nick re- once Cell returns with Nick in tow. And for a moment, she's like, the three of us stare at one another in a wordless comprehension. I look between the two of them, a fallen angel and a king, the dark and the light, and feel a deep churning thrill at what I've done, what we've done. And that's how we'll be now, oaths between us, bound to each other forever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is she wants the threesome she wants mm-hmm. a poly mm-hmm. relationship she wants them all over yeah because while she's to trying to run other. from her feelings from like, cell they're actually there and she's like this is the solution all of us bound together bound up together if you know what i mean <laughs> but she's but my thing is like she she had her moment she keeps mm-hmm. having her moments with cell she keeps having her moments with nick and what she really wants is both of them mm-hmm. she doesn't want to have to choose she wants to be able to have all of them together and i think the the oath bounding and all of that a part of it, like she knows she's going to be oath bound to Nick because he's chosen her, but also is like her reflecting on, like I feel like what it's it's showing is that she had like she's talking about Cell possibly trying to make Nick jealous, but I feel like part of her has been jealous of Nick and Cell's mm-hmm. connection this whole time. Like she's like I want in on this bond, 
I'm finally going to be able to get on it. Ha ha ha. Gleeful. I'm finally going to be I could definitely see that. Yeah. Like thing. wanting that connection and that deeper, especially like given where she's at when we open the story, like she's lacking those connections. Like seeing that I think would be very appealing to her. And so she finally feels like she's in. What's hilarious though is the fallen angel and king is funny because like he, he not the king, but <laughs> like he ain't the king girly but it's fine we'll, we'll <laughs> you don't know that yet so it's fair i remember when i read this though i was like ooh, ooh, it hit knowing what i know now i'm like well uh i mean half right there's a king in the room I was, i've been smirking every every time we uh they talk about like uh nick being arthur or like the kingship or whatever i'm always just like smirking at the side like mm-hmm. cannot wait i cannot wait mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. movie because it just it does it's so, so good it's so good so uh but yeah the king is in the room so she's she's almost there she's almost there <laughs> um but yes go back into uh Nick yeah there's no apology much there's like no Anastasia. checking on her there's no nothing like she he just immediately like okay they have that moment they stare at each other because he's, he, he's done nothing wrong. wrong. He's done he's the best thing in the world. The racism she just, nothing... like, is probably processing and face. He had to be evacuated from the stage. Because whenever she looked mm-hmm. up, the stage was empty. So they had pre-evacuated everyone on the stage. Again, if he had had any forethought, yeah, she would have been he safe did not. already. Because he doesn't even know what happened stage. to her. He like, Cell has to take care of everything. And so what does he do? What does he do? He, like spins her around like yay we're all very happy right which she is because she's he laughs he laughs like he he, laughs like yes she's happy because she's silly but at least he shouldn't assume that she is you know because this is still a silly reaction from her to be honest it shouldn't be expected and like cell is still there also let's just note he's just standing there Mm -hmm. and so like he spins her around and like they're just grinning at each other like fools and like by the time she glances over like cell is gone he's left which uh, listen because cell has already said said a couple of chapters ago like i can't believe i wasted all my time and you were silly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you were a silly girl and then he is watching these two spin around like like disney movie now had brie been rightfully upset about what had just happened it would have been really interesting to see Nick and Cell's oh, man. reaction to Brie being rightfully upset. And about I think there's a way to write it. I don't know. I need to do a whole proper reread to see if I'm actually upset about this as a writing choice or if it's just like her characterization, which are two different things. Because I'm like, I think there's a way for her to have been thrilled, but also be like, yo, Nick, that wasn't cool. Yeah, like this was disturbed. disturbing for me to experience yeah. because any black person in the situation would be disturbed <laughs> that they just experienced this. Like, it's... It is. It would not have like I calm would not have been the like I and I don't. This is not calmness. Like she said, she had a burst of adrenaline, but like yeah. And so you know. yeah, I would have really liked to see that dichotomy of like Cell getting it, being like, "Girl, this is not it," and and Nick having to be like, "Oh shoot, you're right. I'm my bad." But they don't do that. Yeah. So I was just saying, like he like comes in the room and he laughs and it's like spinning her around like it's like it's the Disney movie that she talked about like with no um acknowledgement of what just happened and I think for me like partially Cell leaves the room because he's like I don't want to see this girl that I'm catching feelings for Mm -hmm. 
gallivanting with this dumb boy, but also because he goes back to them being like, goes back to being like, these two are stupid. I agree. I agree. These two are stupid. They act like this is all fine and dandy. Why are you laughing? Ain't ain't shit funny. Mm-hmm. You know, like we should be like in this room figuring out what to do next. Figuring out like if we Bri should be is, having a war chest. Yeah, we if should Bri, have a meeting. Yes. Are you actually okay from what you just experienced? How is this going to work if like the entirety of like the order, the the regents, everyone is against it? Um and Nick is like his first thing is like I did say Nick appears, they rotate the kisses, nothing like our first one. They're kissing, first mm-hmm. off. What's the first It's their the most first, sexual kiss yeah, yet. Yeah, the first thing he says after he is like kissing the crap out of her and pressing his kiss, um, overtaking all her senses or whatever, he looks up, kisses full and lips, pulls her, pulls him in, and trails kisses along her jaw saying, you and me, be, be we can make things better, make it good together. Like, no, bitch, mm, like, no. maybe... Me, me. This is, and, a, it like, is so. That's it not is the first so things that you say. No. We have a lot to talk about. If this is like it's, this is not. Yeah. The tonal shift from the virulent racism mm-hmm. that we start like look, this chapter is only like two pages long, <laughs> four pages long, and like it's like two of the four pages are the racism and Nick announcing. And then it goes directly into them like laughing it up like they just yes the that's exactly like, what it's like and, and like, like that type of relationship that like is is because it is the, like Portia highlights it is like the most like sexual kiss that they've had and like it's like this high of like oh we just got away with it and I just really it was They're so just, like, icky to me even reading other. it the first time that like I mean not yeah. icky that's that okay I'm 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 in hindsight it feels more so but i do remember being put off when i first read it because like first you give me cell i've made the shift uh, this happened last chapter then you have nick putting her in a dangerous like straight up dangerous situation and he's not going to talk about it y'all aren't going to talk about it both of you silly billies are going to just make out about it hello and i don't even care anymore that y'all are making out because i made the shift if you'll roll if you'll recall so that's what i mean when i'm like tracy come answer for these crimes because they're in like i i have to imagine and like you know this could be projection but like robin is saying that cell sees them in this moment how i see them of like y'all are both lost in this fantasy that doesn't exist but especially for brie like nick can get caught up in it but brie i thought you understood that this fantasy isn't for you but you're still trying to play along and i can't Mm -hmm. stop you so i'ma leave and you you just had a you just had a direct Mm -hmm. example this is not for like none of this is for you like you are not safe here you this but it's is not, not a place a to stop place. you so i gotta walk away which and, i hate that for him be- and also for me because i have to sit through it yeah <laughs> i can't just walk away yeah and then like and then they don't even get to li- they don't even they don't get to live up this moment very long like every uh, again how does nick not see how much this is right ra- like it is all wrapped in racism like they mm-hmm. don't want you to be long with this girl and um there's a rap on the door that jars them both and they ask after Nick and he, his head jerks up and says, one moment, he stifles a, she Girl. stifles a giggle while she, he pecks her in the mouth before sliding her to the floor. <laughs> and then when he opens the door as an attendant who instructed us to take our seats for the dinner, he flushes red, like racist redneck red. <laughs> I can only imagine what it, what we look like. 
His arm is draped low beh- around my waist. My hair must be massive and wild. Can I help you? Nick says with a barely suppressed smile. Yeah, he pinches he, my hip he, and I yell. Like, I didn't actually it's, pick up on that. Like, But yeah, no, that's... Uh, that makes me... Nick. She's giving like... <laughs> Yeah, like she's it's, giving it's, that. Yeah, she's giving like utter sheer delight at pissing off like this. Like, like it doesn't. Yeah. it's just so bad. It, it's very much like destructive Bonnie and Clyde. Like we do things, but this specific off, thing I didn't trouble. pick up on the first time that I read it. It's not until you pointed it out that like I'm like, oh, the pinching his or her hip and making like it's like for it's performing like. It's definitely giving white liberal or like brand new anti racist who's like thrives on making other ra- right. or not even fully just like but, a rebel but against thrives their on making machine. other races like, my family doesn't mad like, at the expense yeah. of the black people yeah. around you like this is all at Brianna's expense whether she realizes it or not like or not and everyone in the room is thinking she's just a toy of rebellion they're just like oh here he's gonna have he's just trying to have his fun he's just trying to rebel against us all mm-hmm. like this is just his little fun games like it's it's a short-lived experience like he but now he's trying to make her a squire he's trying to make her part of the system and that is not short-lived and how dare he and he's living it up he this is all fun and games for him it's very interracial couple influencer where the the content is them being interracial you know what mm-hmm. i mean where you're like do y'all actually yeah. like each other or are you just here to make make squirrel jokes um race is bad yeah. but i'm just trying to make racist mad it's all it, it is very interesting for me because like the attendant who helped them to their seats like when remember when brie walks into the gala every single person of color that is not her is working there. Yeah. So I'm seeing this attendant yeah. as like a black man who is like. But they have the special ones, the ones that talk, <laughs> yeah. are the ones who have, are white. You know what I mean? Oh. Like that's how they staff things. They'll staff the people who don't have like any, like they're not supposed to speak to you, they'll staff them black. I but talk, if they're like sorry, a, like a master of ceremony or something like that, then they'll staff that as a white person. I thought this attendant was, was, was a person no, of color. I definitely so I was just like. White. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so then that doesn't apply. But it's still just very much like, you're not even, this isn't even for, like, it's not like Daddy Davis knocked on the door or an order of the rose. It's like, this person is just, like, trying to just do their job. And I get being, like, caught up in the moment and kind of, like, losing yourself in the, like, oh, my God, we did it type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think my problem with this scene is also with Brie kind of forgetting what just yeah. happened to her. She she literally went just from Cell saying that they need to get away from the a-holes and into F them, I need to see Nick. Girl, what? Like, You've been like pressed about the racism up till now and it has not been as blatant. Which, rightfully so, but like so you're telling me now now we're fine. Now this is fine. This is the worst racism she's faced since she was in a cop car in, chap- in the first mm-hmm. like couple of chapters. Like that was like, it was like, cause it was like imminent threat. This is a, the imminent threat. They were trying to pull you. They mm-hmm. had hands on your body. And, it's not, and you're I, ready to laugh it off? It's not even, I, and I don't think that she's like, like I want to give 
like I, well, I, I give don't grace think to the fact that she's, that she's a teenager and like I it's like again I would need to reread the whole thing because I just am like is it teenagerness that's bothering me and it's well written or is this just a spot where I wish Tracy would have you know just given a little bit more nuance like I don't need her to not have the adrenaline I need her to acknowledge in some way or form like why isn't the adrenaline pumping yeah like, I want to fight acknowledge like, in some I way or form yeah like, why is it she was not just in, that Nick just put her in right and I think because she just said like she said that her mom's like her her reason that she wanted to move forward is because her mom like like it was like she should be fighter is she's have a choice she's a fight or flight so she's choosing fight but like you're not fighting them when they are trying to fight you. So is it really fights? And I, or even I just need her to be like, and so when, before Nick gets in there, she's like, I don't need to see, I need to feel fresh panic. It's still bouncing around my chest and against my ribs, but there's anticipation too. And I need there to be like, uh, Nick moves, he, he spins me around and then he's kissing me and my brain decides to ignore everything else or I need there to just be something that she acknowledges that she's choosing to when they leave this room they still have to deal with what they just passed but she's deciding to focus on what's happening in the now I need there to be some sort of like I still don't understand why she's I would be so pissed I would not be I I would not be happy I would not have it in me to be like glad that he, she, I mean, again, she did, like you said, she did, she, she did accept, she did accept and like, this is, and that's the giddiness perhaps. Maybe she's like, I know this is about to make them all yell. I'm about and to also she's, she's going to be bonded to Nick. I'm doing but it. I think what really gets me, I think as we're talking about, it, I'm like here, here, all the stuff we said, but also you kind of said it, Robin, I think kind of on accident, like, you know, oh, we just did, we did this. Like Nick thinks he's done it. Like it's done rather than this is just step yeah. one of several steps that will need to happen to do anything this is an it's ongoing, ongoing. Thing. like they you get accomplish I, anything and they both seem to think they yeah. did and like also it's like you were you have removed yourself from the situation the situation is still happening like there's still a ballroom full of pissed off racist people screaming mm-hmm. and mad so like i feel like if there would have just been like a I've decided to enjoy this moment with me and Nick and we'll deal with the fallout when we deal with it. Or if Nick said, you know, it's you and me be like, we can make things better, make it good together. We'll deal. We'll stick together. Like I it just, it's the celebratory tone. Like you said, Dahlia, when you didn't, you didn't accomplish anything. You didn't win anything. Mm-hmm. Like you, why do you, what? <laughs> and if you want what are you celebrating if you want Bree to still like I'm thinking like you know just thinking as a writer like you still want Bree to be this silly girl she's a teenager like all the stuff we're, we're saying I think you can still have that reason written in like maybe have Cell just say under his breath like he shouldn't have done that and then Bree's like what and he's Funny. like nothing never mind I'll go get him like because he can't really speak up but like I think there's a way for us as the audience to realize like somebody here is like this was not okay um, and acknowledging it narratively without like interfering with the, their characterizations if that was the concern but yeah it's it, it stands out it, it for sure stands out so the incident is like your father needs you he steps back his eyes are everywhere but looking at them immediately and nick 
leans into Brie and says, five minutes and it's you and me. It's me and you now. Um, and I'll have Cell Othus as soon as Arthur calls. The words have her heart racing all over again. With the warrior's oath, she'll be legend born. More than that, she'll will, the, her and Nick will belong to each other. That feeling between us is what has always been there. And now it'll be official. And um, he passes a thumb over her cheek again. And Bree knows that he's thinking the same thing. And so this is what I give like a, you can read, I can read your mind a want moment. Um, I just found the light switch and start looking for my shoes when there's another knock. Back already? I rushed across the carpet on bare feet and opened the door. That was... Isaac pushes into the room, glowing red eyes, bearing down on Brie in a grip that she can't say, shake. They burn and expand, taking her over until all she can see are his black irises, the rings of crimson. She tries to scream, but her nose is already filled with the smoke of hot bile and her mouth is burning. It's too late. Blackness overtakes her. Who would have known? This is, like... This is the other part about this whole scene that, like, is very annoying is that like he's like five minutes the fact that he leaves her alone like, no after it's all not that. gonna be five yeah the fact even that, know. like you didn't say like let me make sure that cell comes in mm-hmm. or let me find cell before i leave to go or to send the attendant to go get cell you or, just saw her in danger and you any, left her alone any legend born that like you know is on her side fuck like get felicity get sar get you know what i mean like anyone just don't like a complete just like disregard disregarding of what just of the happened. actual danger yeah and that like they the are that in, it wasn't like that she specifically isn't that, and and i think too it's like we saw how they reacted to greer and it wasn't great but like just juxtaposing those like negative reactions is like no this isn't like a people are uncomfortable, but they'll get over it thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they were actually, like you said, Portia, they are grabbing at her. There was, like, physical danger. Um, Again, because he, if Greer, I, I don't know that Greer would have been that much more safer. In the, like, yeah, like, there's a difference because of race. However, it would have been interesting had Greer been in the crowd and seen the reaction to Greer going up after what Nick we was in the Greer. crowd. They all three like, of them were standing again, there. Greer, 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 and them were at the stage. They were over oh, there right. on the stage, mm-hmm. and they did not. He did not have the assurance that Bree was in a safe space for him to start mm-hmm. asking to ask her that. He did not make sure mm-hmm. at the minimum that she did not have. She, he did not think racism was a big enough deal within the order to be scared for Bree's ability to be in it he he knows it's gonna piss people off but he's like "Mm, they're not so racist that they're gonna try to like call you out of your name and grab your body while you're out there who even knows what had cell not been there who knows what because it's not like nick made sure he was there so then to turn around and leave her by herself not to make sure cell is there it's just like again a lot of it can be put put off to like teenagers they ain't the brightest all the time but like the disregard from like step by step by Nick is just like you. It's like like my the biggest thing here is that we mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. saw it in action. It'd be one thing if it was like oh like that cop was racist to you when you first came on campus, and I'm gonna make sure that cop isn't around you. Oh Vaughn, mm-hmm. he can't sit with us. 
I'm making sure he can't sit with us whenever we're at this gala. You are in the gala moments away, like less than five minutes removed from having to get removed from a freaking racist mob inside of the building you are currently in. And you're going to leave her alone in a room? Yeah. And I think, too, it's like, okay, so he, Bree wasn't with the other pages, and so maybe they didn't see the full extent, but they saw the eruption. It says, like, the room erupts. They have to take the scions off the stage. Cell has to go get him. I doubt in the, like, five minutes in which Cell is like, come with me, Bree wants to see you, that he's not, like, those motherfucking assholes. Cell is volatile. Cell is, like, Bed, I'm sure Cell you know, was giving it something. to Nick on top of that. So Nick knows at least yeah, Cell like is how upset. Yeah, how dare you put her in mm-hmm. that position. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, I don't know, It's the rose-colored glasses is is like a teenager thing and like, you know, they can get swept up in the like, but it's an it's you and me, whatever. Well. But it's like, the minute the door knocks, I would have liked to at least see like Nick's shoulders stiffen or his like, you know, like, yeah, there's some sort of like the embrace or like, embrace he's like yeah, you know, a little bit up. like, are you gonna be all right? And Bree's like, yes, go or something yeah. like where like a it takes in something. her agency into account, but also like, it, but instead, it, not only does he not do that, it's the opposite. He's like showboating, like, huh, what are y'all gonna do about it? Huh? And it's like they're gonna do racist stuff about it. What are you talking about? You're leaving her alone. What do you mean? He is such an I. This is this, and I think this is this group is of when people I saw that in, like I don't have Nick. This is the same group. Yeah. This is, I feel like this is when I solidly was like, I do not effort this boy. <laughs> like, I was trying to give him benefit of the doubt when he said, if you go through something, let me know. Cause he's like, I know how to use my power. I look, cause like, cause there are people who will what, play in your face. I'm like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. When they can do anything they want to do about it, they just don't feel it. They don't want to have to like actually explain or make people be better people. They just don't want to do it. And Nick is willing to do something about it. So that's a, that's a, cute little sign that's a good like okay maybe you'll be useful maybe you'll actually try to change things and then your try to change things is to announce in front of an audience of racists that you want me to break into this cult of racist by being the number one person's top person that's what you just said to them and then you did not make sure i was safe when you did this you just said it and you just assumed I would be safe because everyone's going to fall in line That's because racism you said works, my guy. That's what you just assumed. And yep. And you knew it was bad enough for you for her to tell her to tell you about it if she ran into it, but she didn't think it was bad enough to have to try to safeguard her when you finally saw she had left the order. Didn't I know she's going to come in here today? <laughs> the first thing you thought, you didn't you didn't think about for her safety was like when she came in, like, okay, I gotta make sure, like, she can get through this. Like, you didn't think that? I just, it pisses me off. So I actively just started to dislike Nick. I did. <laughs> like, before, before I was just like, huh, we'll see how it goes. And then I got to here and I was like, nope. I it's don't no actively dislike him, but it's I just no. think, like, it was from here that I was like, I see everything well, that's now fair. from a lens of, that's like, fair. you don't get it. Like, but, like, I, I it's very much, like, he's very naive. He's very ignorant. And, like, it could never work out with him and Bree alone. Like, I just felt that. I was like, his daddy's too racist and it he's too never. unaware. It's too much. They can't be together. So sorry. It, oh, well. It can't. Nope. Speaking of and racist daddy. So, I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> 
So when she comes to you, where does she find herself? Is she like in like, um, has Nick uh, made sure she's whisked away to a safe place, has Cell infiltrated and been like, you know what? I've, I let y'all hang out together long enough. I got to make sure you're safe. And he whisked her off. No, because that's not how things work in this here order. As we are soon to learn from the villain explaining from, and I've nicknamed him Dud Davis because he's a dud. Dud Davis, I like it. It does kind of sound like Davis a southern name. Actually, uh huh. I'm Dud Davis. Dud Davis, and also, I feel like it's like it gives me like dad, but not dad, and lord, but not lord together. He's it's a dud. Davis. He's a dud. Okay. Yeah. He's Dud Davis. Um. She wakes up tied yeah. to his chair in his study, and she uh, keeps asking him where Nick is, and he doesn't answer her. Instead, he opts to quiz her about how much she knows about his heritage. And it's hilarious, because he doesn't even know about his own heritage, because <laughs> the, the king with Bree. It's not with him. He doesn't even know he's a Lancelot. So you're quizzing her about something you don't even know about yourself, mm-hmm, sir. Mm-hmm. Sir. Sir. And so he decides he's going to give her this history lesson in the way that all racists do when they're explaining something to a black person or a person they just like, or like they feel like they must explain themselves to. Sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a white. Um, so he gives her a lesson on there once was a time back in the original round table when there was a someone mistakenly thought they would add a black knight to the order and mind you this uh, this knight was not like like just like an african knight like he was mixed <laughs> and because of his mixed heritage he was deemed unworthy for be, to be on a round table and he's that's how elementary this man's thought is is like i'm going to tell her a story where it makes clear that her blackness makes her unworthy for being part of the table so it's just like a very clear metaphor no deep thought at all necessary for your understanding we didn't allow a mixed race knight back in arthur's Mm day and certainly not Will not on this day how would not and it is so like just so <laughs> wrong in so many ways but also condescending from a place of utter ignorance it's just fascinating to me in a way of like i i know that a villain like villains come in all shapes and sizes, but whenever a villain is like they like, they think that they've learned a lot or they've accumulated enough information, but all they've really done is like accumulate information to make their points instead of actually being well read and actually being well understood about what's going on around them. It just makes for a really like, like what. It's like, like this very rudimentary what? understanding of how the world works, but it's because it's rooted in such long history. Like I find it's so what I loved this chapter when I read it initially and I still love it because the way uh, Dud Davis <laughs> is written is just <laughs> it, this is what I think Tracy does so masterfully, like really captures 
like real southern racism like they really think it's like yeah like when he's talking about heritage stuff, yes he's talking about the round table and stuff but i'm like that is exactly how they talk about it this is exactly how southern racists feel about it like when he says what do you say hold on hold on um when he's talking about nick doesn't see the grand vision of his ascension what the return of the king means is what it can restore the opportunity of camlin that i never had and it's like like what what are we restoring sir what do you think is going to be restored like <laughs> what type of order what type of society but like this is how they talk about it so they like the southern heritage line the southern racism is all a myth like it's based on this myth and story that they believe so he's telling it because he also believes this very childlike belief in this story and it does come off across condescending because he's like oh well i'm right and i believe it but like it's also the story they tell to themselves. Yeah, but it's also like it is. Yeah, I like I. That's one of the reasons I enjoyed the villain being who it is because he, this whole time, Tracy's made a big point of making sure that we understand that like Dud Davis has like a southern accent and he's trying to play charming, uh, well-read. I can talk about poetry and all this or whatever. I'm like a gentle, like a I'm a. He's like more of a like a scholar than he is like a whatever whatever like his interest in the world the heritage is as much scholarly as it is like a pride that he has for it, and I just feel like he irks me in a several ways that like southern white men who are clearly mm -hmm. racist do, um, but he also is just like. He's so supremely consented with the idea that he knows everything that there is to know that like there's nothing that he can, that like anyone can tell him no one from like Nick, no none of the young ones have nothing to, have not anything to give to him and that's been like my just general beef like intergenerational beef I've had for everyone if like I don't care who you are you could be the same age or you could be older than I am if you look at younger people as not being um having shouldn't have a voice in things because they're younger and that inherently makes them less able to speak to a thing then i automatically just think you're dumb like i i also think that you're like just like you, you can't call yourself like I, like I said he calls himself a scholar you can't call yourself a scholar and not being open to learning from non-traditional ways because you're not really trying to learn them you're just trying to have information and collect your collector mm -hmm. less than a like learner and i don't like those people so that this comes off more and like so the story i'm it gives oh, i feel like a specific reference like maybe it's the color friendship something that was like a did something where racism comes up but like in a disney kind of way that it like made me remember like it mm -hmm. hit for me and it's just maybe it was color friendship and i just was like oh no like <laughs> like i for me it was like i was so i'm so annoyed about how brianna reacted to the racism that for her to come into this chapter where she's getting the racism like right in her face she can't turn away from it she can't go run off with nick real quick like and her to just be like taking it in and realizing just now that he's being racist to her. I'm like, girl, 
if he had simply talked this out. But also, like, didn't need to talk it out. Like, he is so Southern racist colored. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, in her, like, in, in the room, when she was in a room with Nick and Cell, she simply sat and talked it out with them. I, I would have, I just, and I guess maybe that's, maybe that's why the chapter exists the way it does, is she needs to be. She needs to be humbled in her own, surprised. in her own way. Right? Like. But this doesn't, it just didn't, I don't know. It just, oh, I don't know. To me, it's so like, it's, it's, a, it. it's, it just, a, it's not. It's a reminder. Like, this is like from me, someone who grew up in like a very white space. And like, you will have these people that you trust and these friends that you make who genuinely, uh, I think, genuinely love you, genuinely believe that they're not racist or believe that like they understand the world right and then something will happen and what you're like this is bigger than just like one it's bigger than individuals and two like unlearning is not a oh I met a black girl that I really like and so now racism done or like I've now I understand like all of those stereotypes are wrong right it's like no there's like you're going to be confronted over and over time and time again with like how deeply ingrained this is in every single part of society of life of like even yourself you know even if you are trying to to unlearn or like to not perpetrate these things right and I think like for Nick that could that moment could have been a very helpful like moment of like oh just because I'm working through all of the bullshit that the order is doesn't mean that the rest of the order is working through it. And just because I'm okay with free doesn't mean that like my say so is going to just automatically make people fall in line. Right. But also for Brie, it should have been a like, Oh shit. Just because I feel safe with Nick and with Sal does not mean that I'm safe. Do you want to know what right? is giving? Like I remember vividly, vividly, in school someone who was like my best friend I finally got my mom to be like oh yeah you can go to their house Mm -hmm. without like you know you can go and hang out go after school or whatever being like oh you're my n-word right and maybe what um pardon (laughs) um pardon like yeah you know you implied ownership and, and I, I just need you to backtrack Right. Because, like, I think, I forget what it was, but it was some song that was out or whatever. And it was like, you know, my nigga, like, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. No, I'm not. One, like, at the time, she was like, I can't even say nigga without it sounding a little hard ER-ish, like, because I'm from Anaheim, <laughs> you know, like my cousins and stuff could probably get away with it a little bit more than I could, right? Thirteen from Anaheim, like it's not flowing off the tongue. Two, like just because we're close or whatever doesn't give you a pass into black culture. Mm-mm. And yeah, other black people say it. Guess what? You're not black. Mm-hmm. And also, like, yes, we are close, but we're not family. There are still levels to these like also, relationships, you know what I mean? I don't. First off, don't you ever feel safe in my presence ever saying that word? And so, like second, like why? If I if you're comfortable saying it to me, then I know you're saying it behind me, and I'm not with it. 
Yep. You can keep it. Don't you ever, I need you to have not ever been comfortable saying that word in your life. And you're kind of come to me <laughs> like it's okay. So I know you've been saying it comfortably without me around. And, you want and me I don't to think that they had, I think that they had gotten to the point no, where they were like. Because you don't just, you don't just drop the N word to a black person and think it's okay without you having practiced. said it before. You, not, said, not you that, were singing along songs. You were singing along the songs when nobody else was in the car. Oh, no, no, around, they were saying, I, I, I believe that they were like singing along with the songs and stuff like that. But I feel like they were like finally like, oh, I finally have I got the cred. a black person in my life. I can and sing the, the song that I've been I singing. Can, I can sing it out loud lyrics. now. Yeah. I can now, like, instead of just singing it in my in my room. I can now say it out loud and I can say like, look at me and my black friend. And I was like, I'm going to get you all the way together because <laughs> you say that to someone that's not me and you get your shit rocked and you come to me, I'm going to be like, well, secondly, you say it to me, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about yourself. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like, I'm not going to hit you because I just don't have the time, but I will tell you all about yourself. Right. And so it was, but it, I feel like this could have been that moment because to me, when I, I remember vividly when that happened and being like, oh, no, I don't care how close I feel to someone. There is always like constant vigilance, basically, like there is always going to be this moment in which I'm going to have to either check this person and I'm going to have to do the math of like, OK, I've, I've invested X amount of time in this relationship. Am I am I going to check this person? Right. Because I think the question Bri had done the math and said, like, I'm going to say goodbye. Mm. Like, this isn't my but thing. It, like, I just I wish I don't I, I think that's the thing. Like you were saying earlier, like uh, uh, Delia was saying earlier, like the nuance, like we could just see the nuance here because it just you don't walk into a place saying thinking for your safety you need to get out for them to show you for your safety you need to get out for you to be happy to not want to be getting out i just don't it the dissonance and then so when we get here to dead davis man like villain explaining everything to her and the very most racist of ways and then going into like the capitalist undergirdings of it as well because not only is like war an opportunity um, which Brie asked him, um, he says, all wars are opportunities and I won't let another one pass me by. Now she gets stuck on the past, but I'm going to stop for two seconds and talk about all wars are opportunities because all wars yeah, are opportunities a ladder. for the people who manufacture them, <laughs> who actually make sure that like there's something for them to gain out of it. Like, and then like, like a lot of times people, if you will ask, well, if you ask about wars, people will say, look at the land, look at who, whatever. But now that we're in more modern times, look at the resource mm -hmm. development, look at who's getting paid under the table, look at like what's actually being transactioned, like what's actually occurring with this stuff. And that is very true to this day for Lord Davis, who, um, when Brie pushes about the like another one passing by, she says, You wanted uh Camlon when you were a scion, you wanted Arthur to call you. And he says, Of course I did. You wouldn't understand the frustration of a scion who's never been called, but a scion of Arthur, which he's not, <laughs> um, to be that close to that much power and be forced to wait for it to come to you, and you still will be, because it will still not come to you. 
The impotence was intolerable. But that's not why I'm accelerating Camelon. That I'm doing for my son's future and a future health of the order. In the old days, vassals served us in exchange for protection. Now, CEOs and politicians expect lieges to follow their whims, give them what they want. Vassal infighting pits lines against lines. Once, ladies were respected and honored at court, but then the order of the rose fell to the wayside and now women sit at the table. Who the nerve. When Mallory tells us that the very purpose of the night is to fight on behalf of a lady, and now my son's foolishness is in choosing you, who sits at the crux of two faults. Could you not see the sickness here? How the corruption must be rooted out and corrected? And Brie thinks, two faults, my race and my gender. But they are not faults, they are strength. And I am more than this man can comprehend. And I love that she's there with it. But this man, on top of being a racist, is a sexist. He's all the isms. And Bree's catching all the strays from all the isms that he's having. And this not even strays. These are direct mm-hmm. shots to her. She's catching all these shots. She has no one there with her as she's taking these shots. And he has Isaac roaming about. And he calls it a sickness and foolishness. And he's trying to put vassals in their place. But it sounds like the people have expectations. He does not want to meet their expectations. He wants to fly out and do whatever he wants to do because he whatever he wants is for the good of the people. And did we not just have this moment where we were just analyzing Nick and him thinking that his decree is what's best for everybody? And that's a similar energy that he's learned from his father. No, I agree. I was thinking this whole time, like, all of this is giving, which, you know, shout out to Tracy's writing because it reflects real life. Uh, The whole Nick and Brie of it all and, like, in these particular chapters is very much giving Prince Harry and Meghan, like, the way she just, like, blind... I mean, okay, let me not criticize her in real life. She went through a lot. But, I mean, she really did just go up into the royal family thinking, like, "Ah, love will work it out. It'll be fine. And Harry's like, yeah, they're racist, but like it's, I, I we've done it. I chose you. We can make it through. We can. Make- and then she went through hell, like hell. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot before he was like, okay, fine, this is not working out. I need to like abandon this system mm-hmm. all the way. And like it just makes me wonder because like Lord Dave, I'm sorry, Dud David <laughs> is being very like. Like, if this is ingrained in him. So there's no way that Nick did not know. So I'm like, how far yeah. would it have had to go? Like, the plot takes care of it. But how far would they have gone before Nick would have finally been, like, thinking about Brie and protecting Brie? Again, it wouldn't matter. The plot happened. And even if the plot didn't happen, eventually they would have realized that he's not the king. But, like, hello? <laughs> I think one thing, in a way, like, not that I care about the royals, but the one thing I think that not even on Megan's side, but like that Megan had working for and against her is the like not understanding the difference between racism in the UK and how it shows up and racism in the US and how it shows up and colorism in that. Because she even, I think she says like, she didn't really think of herself because of colorism and stuff. She didn't internalize blackness. She's going to identify as a black woman. Yeah. 
because she doesn't identify as a black because woman. Because she wasn't she treated think. the same as like her mother. You know, like she could mm. see the differences between like maybe like the way her mother was treated and she was treated. She could see the differences between the way that like darker skinned women were treated and she was mm. treated in America. Um, and I think specifically where she lives in America, yeah, because there's yeah, yeah, there's there's nuances all around. But like, and also I think because I laugh at this whenever I hear. Um, British people, but Black British people in, as well, talking about how they don't do racism. Mm. And I'm like, y'all, y'all are doing the... Y'all the original. You're the lying. Y'all the blueprint. You're lying real hard. You're the blueprint. Like, y'all's proper, your propaganda works so heavy that it works on you. And yeah. You there. Yeah. Um, And you think that, like, oh, yeah, there's, like, some issues... You know, there's some prejudices, it really but there's not like down systemic to like, race or whatever. And it's just how, like, and this is kind of similar with the order too. Like when you think of like British society, how they package everything, it's everything's like proper and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if you think of like the whole, like they call um like the Irish trying to get their independence from colonial rule, they call that whole time the Troubles. Like let's, I mean, yeah. like this is just <laughs> their branding. And I think similarly. They called they called freaking robbing the Irish of sustenance during that time period a famine, but it was like no, it was state controlled starvation. Like that was it's and you so like propaganda. You really propagandized yourself into and that's kind of what's happening here with with yeah. with the order is similar. Like you can tell by the way Dud Davis is <laughs> speaking. Like and that's what I think is so similar to like Southern racism. Like they believe they're morally just because of this story they tell themselves. Like it's packaged in a very, what's the word? Like a very, yeah, like a noble cause. Like I am writing, this is just how society is. And I'm making sure that it's right because chaos ensues. Bad things happen if it's not this way. Also, it's ther- You're like, I'm just, I'm just reinforcing what's already here. I'm just making even the proper order. He said, he's really trying to reach, reach, like breeze sense because he thinks this makes sense he's like and now my son's foolishness in choosing you who sits at the crux of two fall oh i'm sorry <laughs> and now my son's foolishness in choosing you who sits at the crux of two faults can you not see the sickness here and like, also like is it a sickness like can you not is saying can you not see this he doesn't, like, he doesn't think of his own thinking like as a sickness she is. it's like yeah. the yeah. sickness is not like literally just her existing he thinks um, he's really yeah. right but also the correct he calls out corruption and it's like, do you, the corruption is the, like, people pushing back on an old system of, like, top-down reinforcement and making it so that the people have more voice than the person in position of power. Well, no, that's the corruption. The people, it's like, vassals have more power now than the legendborn yeah that's what i'm saying um, he's calling that a the vassals are not the people it's still a but they're the, they're more still... people than the scions what i'm saying he's saying yeah he, the people of the order that's what i'm saying okay that I'm is like, that is the corruption no no i'm not no i'm in his head he's like even the vast mm-hmm. corruption so i did it's just a mess so, uh, Brie, and hearing this man talk, the more she hears him talk, the more and more she's able to see through him. She realizes that the records in his office with the signature at the bottom mean that he knew about the gates. Not only that he knew about the gates, he says, she says to him, it was you. 
you opened the gates 25 years ago, you laid out the welcome mat for the Shadowborn, and you invited them right into our world. She expects for him to deny it and call her a liar, but instead, he wags a finger, and he says, Isaac told me he could smell both you and Selwyn here in my study. I imagine you availed yourself of my archives while he pursued his very inconvenient mole theory. And he's right. Like, they did use the mole theory thing as a kind of like subterfuge for why they were there, for her actually figuring out her mom stuff. But like, she, this is why I'm annoyed by them not having talked about this. Brie is just like, she's more surprised at the fact that this man is not trying to act as if like he wants to cover it up like she's surprised that he's just like tell like not denying it um and he she's uh, the injustice she's thinking about is her mother in particular and how she her mother suffered because of his greed but she doesn't say her mom's name because she just want him to have power over her and then he hums and admits that he it was a failed experiment whenever he tried to create the threat of Camlon. and then he realized that the real way to make it happen is that you have to um, make the scions themselves more threatened. And then that makes it more likely that a calling would happen, which is why he made sure Nick kept getting caught up in stuff while he had the the snake capture Nick at the trial. Why he, uh, whenever they had the original oath ceremony and they talk about it here um and um he got thrown he had his back broke by a demon incorrectly that was all by him realizing that the only way to make camelon actually happen is to put the science themselves in direct danger and not just open the gates and let the shadowborn in so Bree's finding out that her mom making herself show up on the radar of the order and putting herself in danger all those years past was all moot because of this one man's like egotistical plan that he even admits was not going to work. And now he's trying to do the same plan over again, but this time for the result that he was looking for the first time. And so Bree just kind of puts it all together. She, um, and then he, so Bree says it on Cell's side. She's like, so Cell was right. And, um, He's like, oh, I can't take all the credit for Selwyn's paranoia. And it's like, sir, you built on, you first off, you kept reminding him that you could get rid of him. So that was going to, and you knew that was going to like uh, raise up and increase anything and paranoia he had about trying to get things right. And then you are the one who were opening gates and up the coast in every chapter. And Bree was like, you were going to torture him. And then he struggles. Says the cane boy needs to be needs to be leashed. (laughs) And then she. So again, Bree is just like she's like recoiling and like just like flustered and like just like having a whole like uh, Mr. Crab meme moment where he's she's just like discombobulated. Like this man is not only um, being racist to her. He's not only um, taking all the blame for and uh, like proud of the fact that he opened up all these gates and put all these people in danger, but he's also just like, 
like wholly disregarding a human that he raised in his own house's mental safety. And she's just like completely just blown by all of this. And then she adds like, cause she's, she's like, she's like, where does he draw the line? Basically this conversation mm-hmm. is like, where does he draw the line? So she, then she says, you put your own son at risk and all the lines too. And if Nick falls and then he says, Nick will not fall. I've trained him far too well for that. He's a natural born leader and does not tolerate harm to innocence. He was made for this war. And Bree says this manufactured Key point. war, you mean. And all wars are manufactured. I mean, if you yeah. think about it. Um, and so this that's kind of where uh, Dead Davis goes. He says the world is a great chain of being and everyone has their place. Even you, even me. The hierarchy that holds the order together has not lost its value because the danger has appeared distant. And once the vassals are reminded of the destruction we prevent, they will all be reminded of their place in things. Their place and she's under like, you the mean king. Nick, not you. Let's be clear. Not you. She thinks that she's getting him, but she's not because this man is an egotist. And she's and he's like, um, Nicholas was a hero to his core. And if it's necessary, I'll show him how I've learned to open the gates and how it continue to if he doesn't follow my lead. So he's gonna threaten Nick into doing what he wants. Um, and she's he's gonna allow Nick to be the figurehead and be called by Arthur. Like, and he don't even know Arthur. That's how you know this man don't <laughs> even know Arthur because he's like, and he's gonna be called by Arthur and he'll take up a Excalibur and as a king, he'll do as I say. And it's like, you think Arthur is gonna, gonna do what you say? You? you think Arthur? Mm-mm. Arthur? You thought Mm-mm. Arthur? Nope. We learn. We do learn. And it's laughable when you think about it. I mean, say what you will about Arthur. It is. Uh, just imagine him having uh nick or dud davis as a scion like lol <laughs> he would have ran just, through I, those two so fast so and then i just think like i think that uh like to an extent i think that uh like their wants are more like way more sure, aligned yeah. to arthur's wants than breeze are yeah. but at the same time you're not going to tell no him you do. are not you are like, not in charge here you're never gonna tell that man what to do no you are not in charge or entity, because he's not, yeah. he's, no, whatever. Anyways, um, so uh, pure villains, pure, pure villain, where he says, then the whole of the order and its vassals around the globe will bend to our will. And this man is Bree, Delulu, first off. He's highly, highly delusional. But secondly, I just, before we get to what Bree says, I just need us to, like, recognize how, because I, I mean, in, like, a, the next, in, like, future chapters and stuff, like, they talk about how he's so oath-bound and stuff like that, and, like, um, William says, like, you know, if he truly believes he's doing this for the betterment of the order, it doesn't break any oaths, and it's just, like, to me... I, oh, I hate to go here, but like the ways in which politicians can convince themselves mm-hmm. of like the, that they're self they're that, representing the people. Yeah, they're that they're doing something that is obviously on its face self-serving, but they're doing it for the mm-hmm. greater good or for like people don't understand or not smart enough or not worldly enough to understand. They don't why. have the full picture. Yeah. yeah. And so like, and that's how corruption just like seeps through and like really gets 
to the stage where it's at because it's like this man is literally trying to appeal to breathe better judgment or to breathe like sense of nobility mm-hmm. while spewing just straight hatred mm-hmm. garbage and garbage and so it's like, like it don't make any actual sense that's the if you feel like you're a rational person but you if you're having a hard time for getting people to join your the rational thought you've had that perhaps you're not the rational person mm-hmm. you thought you were mm-hmm Mm-hmm. If you have to, if a part of your plan is, well, if my son wants to play the hero, I can just threaten him to do what I want to do. You've lost. My son is noble. My son is a like a hero at heart. So if he decides that he's going to disagree with how I go about it, I'll just threaten him. You've lost him. a script. You, you're, you've already lost. You're lost. You've lost. It's crazy. Okay, we can move on. I just, like, Delulu. Truly. He's not the only one Delulu in this room. <laughs> it's the Delulu with us in the room this tonight. <laughs> there are multiple Delulus in this room, okay? Because Brie is sitting in this chair. She's not she's not freaking black widowing and breaking the she's chair. She's in and, like, no, it, in no position weapons. to be saying she's, nothing. She's, she doesn't have her her mage fire or whatever she wants to feel like calling it swirling up around mm-hmm. her so as she's like secretly undoing the knots she ain't got nothing this girl's just sitting she's just sitting she she's not actively doing anything but Which, that's fine it. but where we go and with it is like girl <laughs> but she's, that's what i'm saying she's talking to him as if so she says well i won't like defiant teenager again, think, but you are it's not. It's funny the doing way it's written. Specifically, it says, "Well, it I won't." I say, clenching my fists against the ropes. Yeah, girl, you're still tied up. Because why <laughs> aren't you using your magic? Like I don't. Uh, like to be fair, she doesn't she know how. how. She tries to use she, exactly, and that's where you. Also, went she's wrong like in recovering from Isaac. How are, so gonna, like, how are you gonna walk into a racist freaking gala? And not have your guns at the ready. Like I need to know I can tap she, into I, my guns. Look, at I'm any not here to defend the like, Gryffindor energy the of it all, but she was planning on saying goodbye. She lost herself in it, but she was coming to say goodbye. She thought if she was not yeah. in any danger. But if you're in a room full yeah, of racists, well, you gotta have something. You gotta have a blade, or you gotta have something. You can't. You gotta have something. Something. <clears throat> like you didn't grow up in a rural town. In freaking North Carolina, it's the and not grew up in North Carolina. North Carolina, not that racism's everywhere, but this brand of racism is in the South, and she grew up in the South. You she gotta, knew. you gotta have girl. something. You know, like you in Portland, and you like decide to come to this, this. No, well, I'm saying racism there's racism everywhere. Too. Like, like, no, no, no. Like, it's like, but it's it's big enough there. To, it's like. No, but she's saying no, the, the saying flavor. Like this specific brand. The brand. This flavor. The flavor she, she, is she, different. Like, it'd be one thing if she was from a different part of the country, like Portland, where it don't look like this, and she comes here and she's, like, not familiar. But she's literally familiar with this particular brand of racism that I'm like, girl. I just, you, if you know you're going, you're, you know you're going in a room full of racists, and you don't, that's where I'm bothered. I, like, you didn't have, you don't have any. Anyway. So, and let's Nick leave her alone, and now she's here. And she's still thinking, like, <laughs> Oh, Davis, I'm tied up and he's trying to tell me all this stuff. Well, I won't. How do you think that's going to go over? Well, I won't. Like, the, the, I'm defiant. Which she is. So, so, you know, then, fine. Which she, 
<laughs> so then his expression shifts from pleasantly amused when they got knock on the door. Because of right course he does. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, so I'm saying. Oh, so she ends. So who comes in a room? It is Alice. And she's wearing her polka dot dotted pajamas as if she's sleepwalking. Her face is slack and her eyes are half open. And Isaac is holding her tight. Do you want to know something? Side. Just as- And then Aubrey has for Alice and his Aubrey has for Alice in this moment yeah. is yelling her name. She doesn't have a mage flame. If she were Kiyoshi. <laughs> if she were Kiyoshi. Really what we're learning is who was a teenager when her powers manifested, that man would not have made it past this the is door. It's what I'm saying. This is an aside. In this moment. Uh, people have talked about the the narrator of the audiobook, and some people like her, some people don't. And I didn't have any problem with her, but there's something people have talked about how she sounds like she's crying all the time. And at the time, I was like, I don't know what y'all talking about, whatever. But reading this line, Alice, I cry, Alice, I can vividly remember hearing it, and I'm like, oh yeah, she does do it in that voice. That is so true. Because when I'm reading it, I'm reading yeah. it. It's, her almost crying, but I All, realize it doesn't say she she's almost crying. In but in my head, voice. she has like a teary voice. I'm like, Alice, Alice. <laughs> um, Everything that narrator says is in a crying voice. Again, before I didn't notice it, I really enjoyed the audiobook, but in this particular line, I can hear it. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Mm-mm. Because I'm like, it's like, skill. Like, she's doing she's the, she's doing the, what is it? The Welsh. She's doing the, like, Southern accent. Like, she's really, she's covering the, I was impressed, but the, I, I hear it. It's true. Because I'm like, she doesn't even say it like that. Now that I'm looking at this in print, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt when I read the Ray Bear. I was like, oh, She's not a crybaby. She just feels things. Like, it was, I totally had a read on her. Like, she just, like, can't deal with anything in the moment. She's just going to cry about it, like, the whole time. Like, she doesn't have, like, an actual, like, ability (laughs) to try to do. And then when I've actually read it, like, just in a, physically, I was like, oh, she's fine. She's fine. She just, she just is working stuff out. She's not crying the whole, like, it's, she's not crying through every ordeal. She's just, like, working things out so yeah they bring alice in she's crying alice because that's all she can do um and alice is not looking good she is not well (laughs) alice is not well uh because she isaac is doing what isaac's gonna do to her so he's basically used but he's basically Mm -hmm. using her like as a puppet which is so strange okay well i'll read what well at least read what it says so she looks like she's sweating out a fever. Isaac is holding her hands in his, like, both his hands and is, like, caressing them. And then <laughs> Brie's like, don't touch her. And I'm like, girl, this is not even just a complaint about Brie. It's about protagonists who get into these situations. I'm like, girl, what do you think you're going to do about it? Like, what he's going to be like, oh, okay, let me drop her hand. Like, girl, you know he's not. He's going to keep touching her. <laughs> um, And Dud Davis says, I'm afraid as Isaac has to keep touching his chin in order for this particular mesmer to continue and which it will until we come to an understanding. So it's, we're, we're trying to, uh, course, uh, Brie into complying. And then Brie does say, if you don't let her to go, I swear to God, I will tear you apart. <gasps> Ooh, foreshadowing, but not, not, it wasn't her. Anyway. Um, <laughs> at some point we're going to talk about what, 
try to roll the Merlin's play overall. And I guess different Merlin's have different relationships with different people. And I wonder how much of Isaac's relationship with Dud um, is related to him knowing that he had a previous King's Mage, like, released or whatever and imprisoned. And so he just, how much he goes along for the get along and how much he actually cares, like, like, doesn't, he likes to do it. But what he does is smugly with glee mm-hmm. wipe memories of Brie from Alice mm-hmm. to Brie's face. I was gonna say like the one in her chair. The one thing about this scene too I get is like a very um what's the word I'm trying to say predatory like mm-hmm. touching of Alice. Yeah. Yeah. To mm-hmm. really like torture Brie um and I was thinking about this too Portia like how much of this is like is Isaac actually the kind of Merlin that they are continuously threatening Cell that he'll become where like you know like this is like a crazy mm-hmm. like the demon has kind of taken over but it doesn't look stereotypically like he's out of control you know what I mean but like what kind of he just seems sadistic. Yeah. yeah, like what kind of person are you where like you would mm-hmm. gleefully kind of do this thing? Like you have to be like, it feels like you're a little bit more demon um, than it's human. Especially to children. Um, like you're enjoying doing this to children. Exactly. Like this is just like, like so how much you're in a is... whole grown adult with a full magic system with a full range of abilities. Yeah. But you get your jollies off torturing children yeah so like how much of it is that and then how much of it is he knows um kind of reminds me of like what we see with like like kind of the inverse of Vaughn like we'll see in like the next couple chapters too where it's like he knows that like Dud Davis is his proximity to power and he's okay doing his Mm -hmm. bidding because it lends him power um and he Mm -hmm. does he feel beholden to him because he became the second Mm -hmm. king's mage or does he feel like, does he kind of know that, like, what what Davis did to one King's Mage and that could possibly be him next? Like, is it, is it cut based mm-hmm. out of fear? I don't think it's based out of fear now because they're older and, like, he is, like, enjoying it a little bit too much, right? But, but also it's, like, so this is, what got me, too, was that, like, and this is where I got annoyed. Uh, well, I've been annoyed the whole time. But, um whenever dead signals Isaac to stop, um, he lets out, he's putting on a show, he's performing. He's, he lets out a tired sigh and says, normally we'd simply mesmer any inconvenient once forms, but once you've proven a bit, stu- uh, but since you've proven a bit stubborn in that regard, I sent Isaac to collect Miss Shin for some persuasion. You'll have to forgive the dramatics. Merlins are quite showy, showy beings, aren't they? And he, so he is calling out Isaac for being dramatic and showy when he's the one who's being dramatic, putting on airs, throwing in some poetry, giving you a fairy tale this whole time. And not to mention his whole affected Southern accent when his whole pride is being Welsh and going and ho- still holding lands in Welsh and Wales and stuff like that, right? So, like, it's just a lot for him to be calling someone else dramatic when he's the one, like, the presiding person over dramatics and their relationship. And it's just interesting to me because I feel like how much of Isaac's relationship with Dud 
is them performing to each other. So Isaac is performing like like is it performatively or is he actively statistic and like into it and this is the actual full glee for him. Like and he knows that how much of it is giving something to Dud? Does he enjoy seeing these performances? Is he like his jollies also rocked by seeing the torture? You know what I mean? Like how much what is this like nasty little relationship between the two of them? And they can feel, because they can feel each other's energy, too, because they're bonded. What is that? Like, it's just a lot of, like, mm-hmm. ew. Yeah. All around. No, I agree. A lot of ew a is, lot a, of ew. is a, actually kind of generous way to put it, I think. <laughs> a lot of ew all around. Um, um, I'm just going to wrap it up with, like, a summary of, like, once Bree calls for an end, he threatens her that she must withdraw from the school. Um, if she wants him to not torture uh, Alice or anyone else, because they know that she can um, not, she, she's not always affected by the uh, mage or Aether. So she's like, so he's like, this is what we're going to do. Uh, you're going to withdraw from the school. Um, and, you know, not that that's going to be too hard because he has to put it in a little side of like, that shouldn't be too hard. People will totally believe that your likes or whatever are not going to be able to like hang at the school. Uh, he also demands that she doesn't speak to anyone from the order. Goes to a, And when she does finally go to college, she do so in another state. Um, she must also forget about the legend born and not contact anyone, including Nick, regarding legendborn anyone at all from the order and if she doesn't not only will he torture anyone around her but he also is happy to let the merlins institutionalize her and experiment on her because she has this weird ability to not be affected by them and they definitely want to dig and figure that out so he asks her um you know, this he has this is the gall that he has for her consent to his threats, which she has no other choice as she's stuck to this chair and not pulling out <laughs> any mage craft at all. Except I do think though it's really funny because I was thinking about like why would you, you know, like in the villain's play, like why would you even give her that choice? Why wouldn't you just throw her in to let the Merlins like um experiment on her and stuff like why would you give her the choice and it's because he doesn't actually want to like anyone to hear her tell the truth right he's still trying to do this incognito in a bit but um but also he's trying to like he in order to mm -hmm. appeal to nick he can't come off as too like grandstandy yet he can't be show himself as the villain he has to be like like, oh he told brianna came about that on her own yeah he told nick that she quit um Mm -hmm. and told everyone else i guess that she quit which is like how believable is that but it's definitely more believable if you know nick or sell decides to hunt her down and she's like nope i'm i i couldn't I couldn't hack it through a month after into early college. I've decided that it's too hard. Um, even though I've been doing just fine, I got a C while dealing with demons and secret societies and orders. And my worst grade was a C, um, but it was just too hard. 
but if it comes, I guess he's thinking if it comes from her as opposed to like, oh, we, I've just disappeared her and she's in like the Merlin Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like research center that it's more believable and it will keep Nick in line. Um, don't believe it. Yeah, so basically, it's a mess. Things are a mess. And honestly, all could have been avoided if we thought a little. Stan had a chat about racism. <laughs> you know? Sometimes, you know what? This is though, because this is this is the real lesson from the story from this. Sometimes episode. you have to have that uncomfortable a conversation lot of times, right away. Sometimes that, that conversation that everyone is like, oh, can we just get through this conversation really set purpose? Yes, it does. Sometimes having that conversation might just keep you from sitting in a chair tied mm -hmm. up your best friend losing her memories um the more you so, know who that was chapter uh 47 who's your mvp for this cluster of chapters Zelda. because <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody else was acting right but also sell again for several reasons he sees brie he thinks he's oriented towards Brie, like we said. Um, and he is also very aware of what it is, like, as far as, like, the order and stuff. Like, you can see it in his actions. Um, he been new. He's the only one that's got a little bit of sense in him, these whole chapters. So. I made so um, my MVP plus Brie. So, because of everything you said, but also because um, as much as I am like a, because I am, I'm just a hard sell with romance. And he sold the whole dance. Like, he really just gives like good dance partner vibes. <laughs> um, and I feel like he, it's like, it shouldn't be that hard to make sense in a room full of, of people who are not making sense. And somehow it, he, that's where so ends up standing. Um, and I, love and hate that he's the only person in the room concerned about Bree's safety <laughs> like what's going on um but Bree I also like even though she was out of it and ugh, so not just not I feel like she did the best she could do when it came to I just I gotta accept the protagonist she is and not the protagonist she's not. Because of course you were in the situation. <laughs> this is a whole different story in a whole different universe with a whole different lore system. We just went in. Right. Of course it's I'm just saying, like, I, I as she were Kiyoshi oriented. Right? She's not Kiyoshi coded enough for Portia. But I feel like. She, because, like, how are you going to be a protagonist with powers and you're stuck in a wooden chair? Like, even a non-powered being like the Iron Widow can get herself out of a freaking wooden chair. But okay, so that's where I am. But I do want to give props to Brie for as much as we went hard on her for not rising to the racist occasion, I feel like that is a part of her brain and this is stuff that she needs to go to therapy for, quite frankly, uh, of where she compartmentalized that was compartmentalization brie where she was like in the moment split second deciding she was not going to deal with the racism that she just encouraged she's instead going to run off that energy by having <laughs> spicy time with nick and while i don't agree with it with the, the thinking here it doesn't sound like any of us do 
I do appreciate that she protected her peace in the moment, even though that protection came to um, an like exact and direct um, end <laughs> with very little time. So I I give it to her only so that like so it's kind of like a half a point for Brie for the for the MVP, but mostly so she's like Brie MVP for chapter forty five mm-hmm. for that one. Yeah, period. Um, so I. First off, I was, before we got into chapters 46 and 47, I did have Brie marked as my MVP. And as we were going to chapter 46, I just had to erase that. Um, Yeah, I don't know why when I was reading it, without talking to you guys alone, I was just mad at Nick. And then, like, during our conversation, I got more and more mad at Brie Mm -hmm. as well. Um, So because of that, my MVP is Cell for all of the reasons that I mentioned. And Tracy, because as I was reading it, Tracy um, is a fan of the Oxford comma, and I love that. Um, I caught it a couple of times. Which one is, I always get it confused. Is Oxford comma the one where it's there, there's a com, com, coma, comma before the and? Yes. Or is it the one without the comma? It's the one with the comma before the and. Okay, because that's the one I F with. I do not F with taking the comma away. Yes. I'm like, give me dang commas. I need to know to pause. Yeah. I need to know to pause. Don't and that those are two separate things, not like this and that comma. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so just shout out to Tracy for I mean, writing these chapters was very, very rude, but at least she had the Oxford comma in there. She like, <laughs> my soul at many points when I was going through these sentences, being like, I am not okay. Um so yeah, so um you I you know, I love Cell and I've loved him since the first time he stepped his <laughs> emo softboy ass on that cliff um until this chapter and beyond. But you have to give it to him in this cluster of chapters for all of the things that like we were ragging on him about being volatile and being like emo and moody. He takes those same qualities in this cluster of chapters, but because Breeze got a new perspective and can, and has like also knows more about his past and his family and like what that threat of like going crazy is being, is doing to him. It just like makes it even more like, interesting and I guess lovable um but I just literally like love that Cell leaving Nick and Brie alone in chapter 46 like partially was like I can't watch this girl who I'm developing feelings for make out with this boy who I had feelings for but also because in my brain I cannot get away from him being like these are the Mm -hmm. two dumbest motherfuckers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I really need them to focus Mm -hmm. And so he's like, we interrupt our scheduled programming for this. Yeah. Yeah. This. He's like, it couldn't be me. As much as I want Brianna, I would, I would never. (laughs) Now it's not the time. I know there is a time and place. (laughs) Hormones racing the speed of light, but girl. Yeah. Um, Benched. I got it. Who's benched? Yeah. You're y'all. People are gonna be mad at me. I'm benching Brie. Sorry. 
Yeah, I but I mean, like, specifically, Nick was on one, one, but first of all, I feel like I can rely on one of y'all's gonna bench him, maybe, probably. Um, or the people at home, like, y'all got it, but Brie, really, this whole, like, she was not at her best. And I'm not even saying she needs to be Kyoshi about it. And, like, it's just, I get the compartmentalization, but I just find it hard, very difficult, in fact, to read any black person or any person of color let's just be real going through what she went through at that gala and just being like i'm having a good time this is fun i'm actually enjoying myself i need to like press like my hands against my cheeks to calm down because i'm just having the best time i'm like girl or like then to be left alone like make out she's so compartmentalized that even when nick's like don't say something like be like hey don't leave me alone too like it's fine oh the knock on the door that's definitely him i'm completely safe i'm like girl She's in Phil. She it's didn't lack of like, I know, I know, I know. Like not people. She da- her danger alert system in her brain. It's not I just need doing to know what it needs to do. It like where I, where her grandma is her grandma taking up that space where her, where the alert sign should be. Like I feel like we might have grandma? to we might have to give Nick a little MVP ish t- t- like a sticker a a, a good whatever sticker because the the makeout was so good. <laughs> Apparently, no, uh, never. That he just never. All the before she even got made out with, she was already on some BS before they even kissed. But after the kiss, she was like, "Let's open doors. Let's giggle and yelp. Let's swing around." Yeah, okay. He did like a a bonus, like a little, a little bonus badge for like, okay, you didn't do that. A, A little like, okay. It's a, it's a, bo- it's a, bo- like, no. But he does, I, I just, see you, Nick. I see you, Nicholas. Because of the imagery that just appeared in my head, it was a bone. And I'm just like, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, Portia. They are children. Um, not really, but still. But also throw them, throw, but throw him a bone. Okay, we'll throw him, throw him a singular bone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, throw she gets benched. I'm sorry. She, it's lack of thought. And then. Again, like Portia Portnoy, I didn't even pick up on that part, but when she gets to the, like, uh, Dud Davis, like, talking to her, like, she's acting, I would say she acts shocked exactly, but she's, like, acting like this is surprising to her in a way that I'm like, girl, what, what? She is more thrown off by him being a villain than she is by anything else that comes out of his mouth i do think i know i think i said this earlier too like one of the things i don't love about brie but i think is important in how it was written especially when we're talking about like her not knowing anything about magic or the order before she she runs into them is that she does take like she's learning about this world from the lens of people who grew up in this cult so she takes a lot of this stuff at face value and like her um, as much as it's kind of the same thing as Nick, as much as like she says that she's not working with them and she's working against them. Um, everyone talks about Dud Davis with such like reverence and that he is, yeah, he's pretentious, but he has like the order's best interest in mine and like Nick being like my dad my dad hated what happened to my mom and hate like is mad at the regent too. And so she takes all of that at face value. And it really comes to a head here when she's like, What you mean you you're the baddie? 
Yeah. Here's another thing, and 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 again, I'm not I'm not a re apologist. Um, sadly, the re I feel like Rihanna is probably more of a re apologist. Oh, sorry, for our who's not here, but I will say on Brie's side because I've been I've been having this moment a lot more and more where I'm like being trying to be more thoughtful to this is that like she's in a life moment where she's not been around corrupt people in this way like this is her this is her first life as far as well she knows she's this is what she's supposed to take or whatever like as like um Robin was saying about how like she's using other people's um actions and reactions to help gauge her like how she decides on things um but I think that like this she's how else is she gonna learn the signs of who a bad person is besides what going through and seeing a bad person rebuild themselves, right? Like I, I'm jaded, have watched Melina, I don't know, cause she's also a similar fan as I am. Like I'm in, I've always been really into books. I've always been really into like TV shows and stuff. And I do take some things like for personality traits very seriously. I'm like, if someone gives signs like this, this or this, that's shifty and I don't trust it. And whether it's in a book or in real life, I'm like, that seems wrong. Um, but I feel like unless it's some, some people are like, she, she gives that vibe. because She's a protagonist. And that's a vibe she a lot of protagonists have of like, they don't learn the lesson until they mm-hmm. live through the lesson. Not because someone told them better or because they've seen it play out before. She learns the lesson because she goes through the lesson. <laughs> so I try to give her grace for that. And like, you know, her reaction to stuff. But it still doesn't explain the racism reaction. Exactly. Yeah, because she went through that shit and was like, "Ooh, but the and just the lips were kissed slowly. Uh, like it just like it just flew by her. She was like, the, hey, the lids were guys, heavy. Nothing to do with me. I don't. I like. You know? I, I've read too many YA fantasy adventure to like be able to excuse that in a way like i can adjust for understanding the type of character i'm reading in a certain stage of life that one though that one's not it and like i say that i feel like we're the meme for community like, <laughs> i can excuse the teenager like as a person who grew up pretty sheltered like mixed race also like that's a whole dynamic like i can kind of understand like really just not and also i just was not I was very much a Hermione kid. Like, I respected authority to a fault. Like, it's not until hindsight that I look back like, they were just being racist to you. But I was like, I guess I'm wrong. I don't know. Like, it's taken. So I could kind of understand. Yeah, I was was such a rule caller that even racist things that were happening to me in rules did go over my head to an extent. So, like, I can understand to an extent being like, okay, but even in that youth, they, yes, grabbed they grabbed your, your body, body. They grabbed your body and literally said like slurs to you. So nappy headed. They we all in fact come we, coming from that like, perspective, girl. it would have been more shocking. So she should have had a bigger reaction, if anything. But that's what I was. You know what? I think that's why I was more blown about her being so surprised. It was in her face. Just mm-hmm. went through the major racism, and you're surprised by you're not surprised by this. You're not you're not reacting to this, but you're reacting to this right here. Like just because is it because you're chained down in the chair? Is it the only reason That's why you got her? Oh man! <laughs> I just, I just, I feel like that's what I'm saying. I feel like she hides from like as an avoidant person. I feel like she avoids her her issues at the moment by going on to the next thing. And to the next thing was oh, instead of not making me make this thing about Cell trying to get me to safety and me actually living in the moment of needing to be safe, 
I'm gonna change course and avoid the situation as a whole and thinking about it as a whole by going to Nick instead. And that celebration just, th- it, that's what throws me. Um, sorry. So speaking of Nick and celebrations, he's on my bench, um, as is his dead father, as is Isaac, the sadistic Merlin. Like all of them can are highly benched. Um, it's probably does not need a lot of explanation. You, I, you've heard the episode. This is how we feel. Um, I just, honestly though, like, I get why Brie looks at like, um, Dead Davis as the authority figure to at least be the buck steps here and like accountability, looking for accountability within a, an authority figure. Like, I feel like that is very much, uh, something that I did have to get disillusioned from over time of like how many people actually avoid accountability even if they're in this position where they're supposed to be held accountable for stuff um so i can understand some of her surprise there i guess again it's her first time learning that people do this crap to her face um but it just he is such a shoddy person such a crappy person um and again the whole doing torture to teens as a whole grown man and willing to put your own child in that's what i think as i've also become more and more attuned to is that if people are willing to do crap to their own kin then why would you ever think they'd be nice to anyone else like why they don't even know why you think they're going to be nice to them to you they don't understand it they're like why would why would i do that i don't i would put my own kid through a desert i put my own kid through a barrage of missiles that sounds fine to me and so why would I be nice to you? And I feel like that's straight up and down what's happening here. And I I think I probably will end up mentioning him every episode for the rest of the book. Get, I'm feeling what I feel for what's coming up in the next couple of episodes, but I could be wrong. So I hope he gets very comfortable on the bench because he's going to be sitting here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not mad about <laughs> it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Um... So I benched the Davises, both generations, Nick and and Dud, um, because I feel like Nick having that like, oh, I'm going to be king, and there's responsibility, and he's he has simbed himself through a, many a chapter in this book so far, um, and then just dropping the ball when it comes to like the immediate safety of the person that he supposedly loves and cares about. Um, and the way in which he drops the ball, um, is just inexcusable to me. And I, yeah, I just can't move past that. Uh, and like, just not even the, okay. You didn't think about what the reaction would be, or you thought the reaction would be shock, but not as violent or whatever but like then to like see her and not even ask if she's okay Mm-mm. not even like feel any sense of remorse for putting her in that position That's what I'm saying. I, um, I knew just, y'all were gonna like let's, so just, good. let's just make out no no none no post no none no mid no no thought no thought no thought no just thought. nothing but ether between the brain cells just, just <laughs> air and ether in between the brain the ears um 
And then Judd Davis, obviously, because all and jealousy. And oh jealousy. yeah, he, yeah. Can, he can still do jealousy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He could definitely. So he's perceptive he enough to see that something's going like, on with Helen Bree, but yeah, but not perceptive enough about just the entire like organization in which he has grown up in and around. Um, and then Judd Davis, of course, just because like this all the shit because you just couldn't handle like being an almost prom qu- king. Or being a, or being um, and you and you never would have got it. Yeah, that's the funniest that part to me. Is you never would have. You were never, never gonna, gonna be go. the scion. You were never gonna. It was never gonna be you, boo. It was never gonna be you. Never. It was never gonna be you. Or you know what it it's is like. Okay, so lane, this is like this you is are very not suited for the one you thought you were gonna. This get. is very Robin, and it's the 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 girls who get it get it. You two are not these girls, but. The girls are going to get it. In 2020, the University of Oregon women's yeah. basketball team thought that they had that in the bag. Okay. They were already like, we champs, we what, whatever. And then COVID happened and they canceled the entire tournament. And to this day, some very mid Sabrina Unescu, I'm calling you, will stand 10 toes down on if they would have had the tournament in 2020, we would have won it all. Which is like you can't say that you don't know. Like sucks sucks that there was a global pandemic and like oh maybe we want to take two seconds to think about all of the people who actually were like impacted by that mm-hmm. and not about this this tournament which I love but like it's not that important in the grand scheme of the world. Um, but also you cannot walk around like you won something that did not happen. Mm-hmm. But also it's very convenient <laughs> that you've made up a world under which. Like this, you you prevailed. Yeah, you were there. There is, you know what I mean. Like it's very convenient that like you that wasn't tested and it can't be tested, and therefore you can't be pushed back upon per se. Yeah, but you want mm-hmm. like it's just those are those are some sad people. It's like you put you put your whole life on the line for that. Yeah, game, you know? like you had no other prospects but that thing happening for you, and when it didn't come through. Then that's all that takes. Is over living in the past of or living in the glory of something that never happened. Mm-hmm. That never and it will never, and will it, never, never it won't ever happen. It won't ever happen. So yeah, so that's what Dud Davis gives me. He gives me Sabrina Ionescu <laughs> and the 2020 um, University of Oregon women's basketball team. The girlies who get it get it. I don't, but I mean, I hear you. <laughs> I hear, I hear the vibe. I understand. Yeah. Like you explained it well enough mm-hmm. that I'm with you on this one. Yeah. yeah. And that's it for today's episode. Want to give special thanks to our special friend here, Delia, for joining us. Um, and can you please make sure that the audience knows where they can follow and find you? Can you can find me around. I'm just kidding. You can find me on my podcast, uh, Culture by Culture. You can go to culturexpodcast.com or find it on Twitter and Instagram at culturexpodcast. You can find me at Delia is typing basically anywhere. Uh, I do, you know, nerd out about Asian pop culture, but all pop culture. I love fantasy. I love Lord of the Rings. I go here. You go here. Y'all know. So follow your girl. Follow the podcast. But yes. Well, okay. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) and we also want to give a special thanks to everyone who's listening um make sure you join us next week when we discuss chapters 48 through 50
Oh God, we are so close to the end and I'm so excited. Uh, Wizard Team is a part of the Black Nerds Create Collective. If you want to keep up with our content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Wizard Team Pod and at Black Nerds Create. We'll see you next week. Woo, bye. Bye. bye.